Prepare yourself to enter a world of battle and death, violence and madness. Chaos infects this world like a malignant disease from which there can be no recovery. Logic, reason, sanity have no place here. Even the land and the air are suffused with raw magic. Ancient trees come alive, men devolve into monsters, and mysterious citadels rise from the earth at dusk, only to fade away by dawn. In this blasted realm, you will see wonders and horrors alike that you shall carry to the grave. From the north, tribe upon tribe of barbarians and iron-clad immortals come, bringing death and destruction in honor of their dark gods. Under the heat of the southern sun, skeletal legions and armies of living statues rise from the desert sands to war eternally with their neighbors and reclaim their lost lands from hosts of plate-armored knights. Across the old world, bestial and nameless things pour out from the endless forests to besiege, burn, and topple fortress cities. Orc warlords lead vast mobs of raucous warriors, slime-skinned trolls, and ramshackle war engines to endless wars from mountain peak to distant coast. In the earth below, goblin hosts clash with unyielding shield walls of grim dwarf tunnel guards who fight daily for the survival of their cavernous dominions. From the far-off lands of the elves, great fleets of elegant ships sail to war, the skies above alight with the fire of legions of dueling dragons. Yet amidst all of the fire, flame, and fury, it's a world of mighty heroes, of bold deeds, and of great courage. These few champions stand against the encroaching darkness, rallying their warriors with acts of valor and the hope of victory. The deafening roar of battle rises above them all, the sound of a thousand times a thousand brave soldiers crashing body, blade, and shield against the endless hordes of enemies. The fate of the world, be it damnation or salvation, hangs in the balance. This is a world of eternal war and fleeting glory. This is Warhammer the Old World, the game of fantasy battles in a world of legends. Welcome to the garage, you tools, for the next two hours, three hours, I don't know, hours, just hours. We're going to do our best to keep you informed, entertained, and have a few laughs along the way, bringing you back the old world, the forces of fantasy, and the ravening hordes. I'm Dave Whitech, and with me as always is my co-host, Chris Walker. Chris! Hey, hello. What's How are going you? on? So much. The old world. The old world, it's... Finally back. here. It's back. And sorry we didn't drop it on day one like all those people. Man, okay. First of all, I didn't know Facehammer still existed. I just used to listen to the podcast, and then they stopped dropping podcasts. And I, all of a sudden, it popped up on YouTube. And apparently, it's just Russ Veal. Um, he dropped, like, I think six videos Saturday wow. morning. Like, he had a separate video. Dude, and he had the book, and he had the Free Kingdom of Britonia book, and the and like. he had, like, all the books. Mm -hmm. Like, I was like, oh, dang, he got all the books ahead of time, too. Mm -hmm. Um and it was, uh, like, he just dropped a video for each thing. And it's like, I'd like, to, I'd like to get to that point. But he had to just crunch through this and produce all of that. And granted, it's, it's him. There's two cameras, one on his face and one on the book in his hands. Yeah. So, 
I mean, it's it's. I suppose it's easy to do, but dang, people were dropping stuff that first day, and it was like, you and I were both like, dude, it's Christmas break when we're getting all this stuff. <laughs> like, we have I know, families. I, was, I know. I was getting inundated with stuff. I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is a lot of information yeah. coming really fast. And, and, there, and, and there's a, I mean, between this book and the rules and the Kingdom of Britonia and mm-hmm. the Tomb Kings of Kemri, Mm-hmm. And the ravening hordes and the forces oh of fantasy. God. Yeah, I mean, a that's lot a stuff. lot of stuff. Okay, uh, well, you know what? Hold, hold. We're totally getting off track. Uh, let's, let's already. Let's. Uh, oh my God, this show is going to be amazing. Uh, <laughs> I'm really so excited. I'm jumping too quickly into it. Let's uh, cover the things we need to cover. First of all, episode 329, uh, Chaos Orc Superstore. Six Squared Studios and Grognards are the sponsors of episode 329. And let's not forget our Patreon patrons, the almost 1% that makes this show happen. That's our associate producers, Jake C., James Brown, Old Man Yeti, executive producers, Scotty Milne, George Stradone, and Sir Killsteak, and our our newest patrons, Andy Young and Connor Jensen. Uh, Thank you all for becoming one of the 1%, almost 1% who makes this show happen happen um cannot thank you enough um and oh and remind me to talk about the uh, i i have my i have my little things about as people have been asking me about the my the birthday episode uh but the fundraiser for my birthday uh-huh. oh and so hey, hold on a second my wife's calling me oh okay sorry hold on this is brian blessed and you're listening to garish hammer jaguar wow <laughs> Okay, we're back. Chris is done with his call, and here we go. Now, um, you know, before we get to voicemail, because we've got three this week. Nice. um, I do want to remind people about uh, the upcoming birthday episode, episode 332. It will be the last episode. It will come out on February 27th. Um, Although I was thinking about delaying it till the 29th, just because I've never released an episode on Leap Year. (laughs) yeah, but my birthday's on the twenty seventh, and what I've asked everyone to do, and I said this at the end of last episode, I'm doing the beginning of this episode. I am asking uh, if anyone wants to uh, do uh, a, basically a charity donation to Wargaming Club. Now, uh, as I sp- as I explained in the last episode, I'm doing this. I, I keep calling it PBS style. Okay, um, you you give a donation, and if you hit a certain level, then uh, like some of our sponsors have donated. Six Squared Studios has donated a bunch of tokens and stuff like that. So if anybody donates ten dollars just to my to the PayPal account, uh, and you put in for episode three thirty two, and put your name and address in there so that I know where to send stuff. If you donate ten dollars or or more, you get custom Garage Hammer objective tokens and combat gauge from Six Squared Studios. All right. If you donate $20, I will add three of my infantry models from probably from <laughs> my death armies. So, but the stuff that the, 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 the part of the thousand zombies that never became a thousand zombies for the skeletons, that type of thing. Um, I do have a white pen and somebody did ask me if I was going to, like, I'm going to initial the bottoms of the bases just so everybody knows they're legit from me. Uh, so $10 gets you the objective tokens, $20 gets you the objective tokens and three models. $50 gets you the tokens, the three models, and seven more models for 10 models. Um, 
that's that's what we've promised everybody. Uh, if you donate more than fifty dollars, if you donate sixty dollars, you'll get an extra set of tokens. If you donate seventy dollars, you'll get. A, if, you, if someone did donate a hundred dollars, they're going to get twenty models. They got a whole unit of skellies now, or or zombies, whatever winds up being. Um, so we're going to keep doing this until about February twentieth, I think, because that's when we're going to record. And that's the birthday episode. I'm going to be thanking everybody, letting people know how much we raised for club, the things that the kids are going to do. Um, I'm very excited. And I thank you all who have donated so far. It's really, we're trying to get to where the club is flush and won't need anything for a while. Um, so this is, the, because I never know exactly what they're going to want to do. And they have started going on the website and looking up stuff like the different war cry stuff and different armies. And they're like, oh, what about this thing? What about this thing? So it's like, all right, cool. Uh, we'll we'll do this. They wanted to like sell chocolate or something like that, and I'm like, oh, that's going to be a nightmare. And there's like 16 of us. Like, come on, guys. <laughs> like, let's try to do something that's going to do a little. So I I am this is what I'm doing. Um, like I said, if you want to, you just go to PayPal to GarageHammer at Live dot com and then put it in, and then the comments for episode. 332 and your name and address now i did say that uh there is a good chance that as we're packing this stuff up that stuff that i have might just get in there um and on my birthday episode as i am thanking all the people i mean now i'm not saying exactly what it is because i can't say exactly what it is but some people were asking and guessing and wondering and i will give little hints um, I can't say exactly what it is, but I do have a lot of little tiny blisters, unopened blister packs uh, from Games Workshop or little tiny boxes from Games Workshop. Um, they may find their way into somebody's pack. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I've already had a couple of people. Um, the old army books, the ones I used that I highlighted and wrote in and referenced when we did the shows. Yeah. Apparently people like those and want those like 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 from the old yeah like just old? just to have i mean from like oh. like it's all aos stuff okay yeah but it's like yo, you use that book they don't use it anymore but it's got all my notes in it and all the handwritten stuff and all that things in it and people i mean dude somebody actually asked me today and I, i'm not gonna name names or anything but um they asked me uh because i was sending them something and they're like would you would you autograph the box and i'm like okay um okay <laughs> Sure. I, I didn't make it, <laughs> but if you really want me to, so like, I mean, there are fans who like that stuff, so uh, mm-hmm. that's th- that type of stuff might make it in, all right? Um, cool. And then I will give another hint at some of the other cool stuff next episode, but I just wanted to put that out there again. Uh, people said they, they that they weren't certain how to do that, um, and I assure you, if you know anything about me or our sponsors, uh, they're already... I mean, this is a this is some pretty nice stuff that they're giving. I don't uh, some of the other sponsors I've been talking to. Um, I'm expecting there's going to be more cool stuff that they're just adding to this at random. Um, you know, so if if like I said, if you want to donate, that's great. Uh, if you you know if you just want to get some some garage hammer you know history, some garage hammer memorabilia, <laughs> you can get. That. I mean, that's part of it. Uh, that's just us saying thank you for. For being uh, just really supporting a part of the community that doesn't, that can't afford right now to be in it. Yeah. You know? Um, and just as you know, I did have kids who were in club last year. They're back this year. Over the summer, they bought models. 
You know, oh, yeah? I got a, I got a, I got a former student who showed up like a couple of meetings ago just because he knew that's when it was and he wanted to say hi because I, I post the stuff on Facebook, mm-hmm. and he still plays Warcry every week at his local gaming club. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, like he's like, no, this game's awesome, and uh, thank you for introducing me to it. So, it, like, the, it's not just kids playing and then just leaving. It like a, a bunch of them have become part of the community, and that's. I mean, I I wanted to run a club at school that had some cool stuff that people could do stuff in. Yeah. Um, them staying in it after high school mm-hmm. is just icing on the cake for me. Yeah, that's it's really cool. So. That I just want to do. Now we've done it. We have three voicemails, um, and we have one from, oh, I mean, the phone number is plus six four exchange. I don't know what country that is, but that, six, is, four. Okay. that, that ain't America. No. Awesome. Okay. First one is not that one. This is Noah, I believe, and let's see what Noah has to say. Hey, Chris. Hey, Dave. This is Noah from Lexington, North Carolina. I just wanted to say, listening to the lore on you guys' show has really inspired me to want to play. So I've been listening for about a year, uh, but just recently started trying to learn the rules more, and uh, I've got a few buddies who are going to start playing together. So i got two questions for you guys. One, for us, we're all kind of newer to the game. One person's played a little bit, but it was a long time ago. Do you think we should jump right in with 2,000-point games, or should we start at a lower point value and work our way up? And... The other question is, do you think that it's better for us to do just kind of pitch battles and match play kind of style, or should we do something narrative if we're very interested in that? Uh, Anyways, just wanted to say, love the show, guys. Uh, Thank you so much for what you do and inspiring us to want to play this great game. Um, I'll keep listening. Thank you. Okay. What do you think, Chris? Well... Uh, I have I, thoughts, but I, I will let you go I, first. I think the best way to play AOS is 2K. Honestly, it's not that much stuff. Um, if, but if, if you're brand, if you're brand new, then you can start with like a thousand points. Just that's to what I was like thinking. Throw some stuff out there, just on a smaller board. Yeah, yeah. and that's what I was thinking. A thousand. I mean, you're all buying new armies. You're build unless you're just building and and just throwing it on the table, gray plastic, and don't care. Right. A thousand points is going to take you a little time. Yeah. And you still want to play. 2,000 mm-hmm. points takes a while. It took me months to get 2,000 points all done and done. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I don't know if they're doing all that, you know, everything has, on the mo- table has to be painted. But yeah. I, I think 1,000 points is a good start. I 1,000 points is a good start. You'll quickly want to expand it to 2,000. You'll play a couple games at 1,000. You'll be like, yeah, we need to get bigger. Sure, <laughs> we need to do but, more. But yeah. at 1,000, you yeah. could learn the rules yeah. much more yes. easily. There's less. Yeah. There's less. And, and the games parts. are faster. The games yeah. are much faster. Yeah, uh, and at a thousand, at your early games, you're going to run as long as a two thousand game because you're still learning. So mm-hmm. I, I think starting at a thousand is a great way to go. Yeah. Um, I know some people start at seven fifty if if they're in a grow league, but if you're not in a grow mm-hmm. thing, a thousand is great. Yeah. Um, as far as like what style to play, it's really up to you and your friends. Really, I mean, match play is fine. Get the uh, latest GHB and. Have fun with that, or just play straight out of the rule book is fine. Um, even it's just like bring what you got, count it to a thousand points, and just go at it. You know, straight out of the book is fine. GHB is fine. That's where I would start. If you're into narrative play, there's a lot of stuff you can do. But uh, if you're all new to the game, mm-hmm. get your rules down first. Yeah. Play the regular pitch battles, the match play stuff. Yeah. Once you know how to play, by all means, move into narrative. Right. It's fun. 
Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's linked battles like uh, in this kingdom of Britonia and uh, Tomb Kings, they have some narrative stuff in there, like lists of the different battles they have. And it's like, okay, start off yeah. with this. And if one guy wins, go here. And if the other guy wins, go there. Right. And it's just a list of way to order to play them in, but it does build up a narrative. Yeah. It could be something as simple as that, or you could be doing Path to Glory. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, either way, I would I would start at 1,000, and I would start with pitch battles and match play, mm-hmm. and then expand out from there. That's me. And I think you sounded like you kind of agreed with that. Yeah, I was just, yeah, 1,000 is a good start. You, you, you will quickly want to play Oh, sure. Games. <laughs> I mean, 2,000 is 2000 the way to go. I almost yeah. signed up. I almost signed up for the three thousand point event. Ooh, uh, yeah, that's that's too much for me. That's too many. That's too much stuff. For me. I, I I would love it because I would just add a couple of units. I mean, at two thousand, I could add a couple of big things I wanted and just put mm-hmm. or push units a little bigger. Uh, it's it's just super epic, and so. Mm-hmm. You know, I, personally, yeah. that's what I like about it. It's yeah, the four, the forty-four by sixty table is optimized for two thousand points. Yes, uh, if you're gonna play a thousand, I recommend the. I think it's the forty-four by. Or is it? What is it? It's the smaller one. Whatever it is, it's that's not quite as big. That's what I would say. Yeah, I yeah. I, I agree. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay, and next voicemail. This is the one from. Not America. <laughs> I think six co- country code six four. Okay, let's go. Oh, I think it's New Zealand. Hold on. I think that's right. Oh, Merry Christmas, Garage Hammer. This is Cam from New Zealand. Twenty four hours ahead of you, so I thought I'd try to get your first Christmas Day message in. Yeah, you uh, did. Just driving home from dropping my brother off at the airport. Uh, it's all good. Uh, I would like a Christmas present. I want to know something. I want to know something from behind the scenes. When you do a grog uh, ding ding, is that a real ding ding? You guys actually have a bell in the, you know, with you, or do you actually just have a like a soundboard ding ding? Is it a real <laughs> ding ding? We're talking about a soundboard. That's what I need to know. Because I've just been wondering every time you do it. Um, yeah. Otherwise, have a bloody merry Christmas. Also, mate, sitting there on the podcast app, looking at uh, after all in all. Last time after all in all was updated was 68 months ago. Coming up on five <laughs> years, mate. Coming up on five 68 years. 68 years is coming right. up on six years. No, 68 months is coming up on six, six years. Um, I am in talks with Greg Dan. He's got a, he's got a little one. It's very hard for him to to mm-hmm. do. Plus, we are six hours time difference. That is a yeah. hard thing to overcome. Yeah. But um, we are definitely. First of all, I'm going to put like we didn't have all the after Illinois on the Garage Hammer page. Some of them were on when we were working with the uh, Freebooters Network. Mm-hmm. But I have them all, and they're all going to go up on the Garage Hammer uh, site. I'm going to be putting nice. them up, uh, just catching up like once a month, just you know whatever I can upload. Yeah, and uh, but Greg and I have discussed finding time, and I- I'm going to have to find odd times to do this. Like he'll get up at you know six in the morning, and I'll start recording at midnight, or he'll get up yeah. at seven. I'll be recording at one in the morning. <laughs> um, the nice thing is, if we do that on the weekends, Harrison works until one in the morning on Fridays, so I wouldn't even. Be, and he, then he comes home and plays 
video games until four. So yeah. like I could totally record at that time. It'll be fine. After Ulanor, eventually, my goal is eventually we cover all of it. Wow. All 56 books or however many there are. You're going to read the final one? You're going to get the... Oh, eventually, yeah. But, yeah. I, I mean, I've never... I have not even finished the first half of them. Like, I, I you know, I was doing it for After Illinois, so... Yeah. Um, that will happen again. Um, what else? Oh, yes, a, a listener, I forget who it was, uh, sent us a bell. Not only a bell, but two bells. And uh, what I will do is I think I'm going to take a photograph actual of bell. the bell. Yes, it's a actual it's like it's like ring for service. That's one of those it's got the black base and the and the half dome top with the little button on it. And you ring that bell. Dude, the weather today is awful. It's terrible. Grocknard's closed at 3 p.m. They sent yeah. out on a Facebook post saying the snow is I so saw. bad at both locations they closed at 3 p.m. Yeah, and I was out there using the snow blower and it's like I kept clogging up because it's not quite snow. It's like no, it's all half, it's, it's it's half snow, half rain, half slush. It's terrible. It's all when I was shoving it with the shovel, you'd hear it sloshing, and when it got to the end, when you're pushing it off, it is heart attack snow. It, yeah. I did. I don't have my snowblower died last year, and I didn't buy a new one. Uh, um, but this my snowblower wouldn't handle this. Yeah, it flips and tries to throw it up, but it's ninety percent water. It's, right. Or like it's really like slush. It's, slush. Yeah, it's like if you if you bought a Slurpee, yeah, or a slushy. That's what it is. That's yeah, terrible. And so it's hard. It was hard, but I got that done too before we came in. Uh, last call, Dan from Connecticut, calling on this fine Christmas day. He actually called, but uh, um, now I the uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, Cam from New Zealand was the first was my first Merry Christmas. I mean, it was early. <laughs> For us, but it was my first Merry Christmas. He did get it in first. So last call here, and let's see. Hey, guys. This is Dan from Connecticut giving you a call on this fine Christmas day, listening to the new uh, wrap-up episode. And uh, I got a question for you guys. So I've just recently decided I want to try to build up an Ace of Sigmar community at my local game store. Good. And I am putting together an escalation league now. Uh, it's my first time running, well, anything game-related. <laughs> and I'm wondering if you have any advice for me. What uh, kinds of things, um, tips and tricks for running a league, um, any special things I should take note of, any kind of advice that you may have um, to make sure that we have, you know, maximum fun. All right, guys. Uh, have a good holiday season. We'll catch you the next episode. All right. You got any yeah. ideas, Chris? I have a few yeah, in my so head. Escalation leagues usually they start at like five hundred points. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, and then you just challenge everybody to paint, to buy, paint, play five hundred points. The first depends on. I mean, depends on how gung ho your group is. Uh, a month is usually a good uh, amount of time between. Point jumps, yeah, um, and, and then you, and, yeah, and then you can like you can either you can like do different things. That's how you want to do it. You can like give people like points for playing a game against somebody else. You can get points for painting a unit or character. You know, give points for that, and then tally up everybody's points at the end of every month, and then you know keep like a leaderboard. You want to be fair. But mm -hmm. firm, but not unbendable. Yeah, uh, people are going to run into 
problems. And especially if it's the first time you're running it, you're going to have to make up some stuff on the fly. Yeah. You know, uh, do you have a minimum number of games to uh, that part of it? Do you, everyone has to get in at least one game. But if you get in extra yeah. games, you get extra points, like that mm-hmm. type of extra point, like you yeah. said. Um, you st- I, I, I've seen them start at 500 and then grow by 250 a month. Yeah, that's about what Bob Bar right? 50, you know, 500 a month is 500 a, a month is kind of a lot. Yeah, but seven. Two, if you but, go to start at five. And then yeah. that's seven. To, so that's like six months it'd take you. Seven fifty, a thousand, twelve. Yeah. So six months you'll have a two thousand point army that's mm-hmm. grown with you, that you've played several times. The stuff you first started with, your 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 leader and your core that you've been building around, uh, you'll right. you'll know them very well at that point. Yeah. And but, the idea of remember, so like the idea of an escalation league, why you give time, is for painting. I mean, that's part of the why you do it. Like you, anybody right. could just go buy two thousand well, right, right. points, assemble it, and play. But the idea of Escalation League is painting and you know hobbying. So I feel like that's the focus of Escalation League, not so much the gaming part. Uh, I mean, gaming is obviously part of it. Well, and like I said, maybe you require one game a month just because that's part of your thing, or maybe you don't require yeah, any gaming, maybe, like you said, and maybe, you just yeah, give bonus yeah, points you if you get games in. Exactly. Uh, hey, Harrison, are you down here? Don't you have an Escalation League you run at Gift of Games? What kind of rules you got going on that? Uh, what are you starting at, 500? Okay, they're starting at 500, going up to 2,000. Uh, his, he's running the 40K one. My son is running the 40K one, and the other guy who works there is running the AOS Escalation League. Mm-hmm. So... So then, are there any rules? Do you? Is there any rules other than just getting it painted every month, or do you, are you guys have game requirements or any? Oh wow! What do you mean? There's money involved. Oh, they bought tickets to get into the league, so they had a special thing going. It was like six bucks to get in. Oh, cool. Oh, so they're doing something different. Okay. Uh, and Harrison's League, it starts off at 500 points, 250 growth you know, per month. Um, you have to get in two games a month. They assign the games. Everyone's sort of meeting because they have you know times that they got to kind of set up for because the people who bought tickets knew they would be set up for times. Um, but they're keeping track of all the points, and the winners get stuff from the store, store credit, uh, stuff from their discontinued games pile. So they're giving out prizes for the people who really, really get into it. Um, that's pretty involved, actually. Yeah, that's cool. We, we, tr- we try to keep it like, not super, like, super face. Yeah. He says they're trying to keep it casual, and it's not it's not beat stick stuff. I mean, everyone paid. Harrison said six dollars to to join. So I mean, it's not like you're. I mean, it's not like they're giving out the prices they used to give out at Adepticon. Yeah. So. Yeah. So it sounds cool. It sounds cool. But there's lots of different things you could do. Um, my, my my advice is to gauge your group. 
see what they really want. You may have to make some changes. When we ran Mighty Empires, I ran three seasons of Mighty Empires, and first season went a little wonky, and then second season, uh, the person who ran away with it, um, they set up on the board, and then the other people sort of locked them in, like tried Mm -hmm. to make sure that they couldn't run away with it. But then the person who got landlocked just basically pitched a fit for the next four weeks (laughs) <laughs> because I can't win, they're all try- everyone's against me, and I'm like, okay, dude, we need to relax. I actually came up with rules for if you get landlocked, how you can still build some points, and we made adjustments on the next season for that. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know how many escalation leagues you're going to run. I mean, if one is successful and done, if they want to start another one and start another army, I mean, I'm... I mean, I know you and I are in a constant state of starting another army. <laughs> so <laughs> oh, if, yeah. if other people are into that, I mean, that you can do that too. I don't know. Uh, that's just my ideas. Um, but we've been going a while. We've had a bunch of these, and uh, we've sort of gone off base. We've got so much Warhammer to talk about. Also, uh, just so you know, folks, we're not obviously not covering everything today, but Chris and I are going to be trying to get together pretty much every week this month and record some stuff. Uh, so we're probably going to do more than two episodes this month just to get out because this is the old world month. Yeah, we will be covering AOS next month again, but we have more than enough to fill two episodes, probably three episodes. Oh, that's insane! So we're going to do a bunch tonight, get this one out, and then just record more. So I don't know how much we'll finish today, <laughs> <laughs> but um, we've got a lot to cover over the next uh, couple of weeks, and so we're tr- going to probably break it up into a couple of extra episodes. So, uh, or at least one extra episode. This is too much for just two. So we'll be right back. Folks, Chaos Orc Superstore, your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chessex Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted boarded miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you, because at Chaos Orc Superstore, what you see is what you get. And we are back. Hey, hey, what's up? Hello. Hey. All right. So here we are 20 minutes into the show and not uh, not a thing about the old world. But we're going to change that right now. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw out this in the beginning. Um, first impressions. Oh. Spoiler alert. Best Warhammer they've put out. At least for rank and flank square base Warhammer, this is the best rule set they've done, hands down. I think this is yeah. better than sixth, better than seventh, better than eighth. 
Way better than the craziness that got allowed in the end times with the Storm of Magic and stuff like that. Um, yeah, the, be- the best Warhammer for me, I suppose, yeah, before I can really, you know, say uh, too much about this before playing it is um, 8th edition, pre-end times 8th edition was, I thought, the best spot for Warhammer like ever. So this is I pretty did love much it, but that, that was hard to get into. Yeah, it's pretty much that with some extra tweaks. Definitely. Um, yeah. There is some bits of sixth in here. Yeah. There are little bits of seventh and eighth in here, or lots of eighth. But there's also bits of Lord of the Rings in here. Hmm. Um, some of the stuff I saw here I definitely saw. Now, I don't know for certain, but I was under the impression I heard that um, the people who wrote the Middle Earth game mm-hmm. were working on this. Gotcha. And you can see some of that in there. That whole mm-hmm. nudging back to make sure your things are at the right place, that stuff that they would never say in, in old fantasy. It's like if you oh, can't yeah. get, that's that's a lot of I mean, there I mean there's th- lots of things that are they just cleaned up moving, charging, so it's not so quibbly and fighty and And you can pre measure, you know, so there's no more of that. You're an eighth yeah. of an inch short. No, I don't think right. I am. Uh, yeah, you yeah. are Yeah, so you pre measure everything and then they don't care anymore about like you can charge through your own dudes now. <laughs> Some of your own dudes. Yeah, you know, if you're if you can, if you have you can't charge straight through, but if you have to wheel, you can wheel to get through some of your own guys. You can charge right through people in your own army. Now, this of course doesn't mean that the movement uh, phase is simple. It's twenty no. pages. Yeah, it's twenty pages in the book, the movement phase. Yeah, but they don't but, have like the you have to stay an inch away from terrain anymore. That's gone. Well, you have to end an inch away from enemies, but they can't put them on either side and, and, and keep you, you know what I'm right. saying? Yeah, but the terrain, remember you couldn't move within an inch of terrain unless you were charging. That, that rule's gone. Oh, that's like, right. Uh, you had to stay an inch away from terrain, which made no sense because yeah. like some of the terrain you used to be able to be in. Mm. I mean, you know, I, I can't, unless I'm charging, I can't, I mean, I, you could move into a forest, couldn't you? Yeah, but they're t- we're talking about like impassable terrain. You had oh, to stay right. an, inch an inch away from away. it. Terrible! Oh, that was so annoying because you it's couldn't even now. you couldn't even no. go past it like mid move. No, but we'll get to the rules later because <laughs> um, c- they're great. I mean, oh, I love them. I'm reading this, and I'm going to tell you um, a little bit of backstory. I got this. Chris Games Workshop was nice enough to send us. You got the Tomb Kings. I got the Bretts. Yeah, we got the rule books that came with it. Yeah, just the main rule book. Um, they yeah. were lucky enough. They were we were they were nice enough to share, um, you know, some of the other stuff with us as well. And I went through all this, and I I, I was I was I was curious mm-hmm. uh, when we opened up the box, and I saw a lot of the models were those old models. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay, and and that's fine. I mean, it, it keeps with the old models. They're putting out some new ones, mm-hmm. but my biggest thing is about. Four or five years ago, Harrison sold his High Elves hmm. when the Lumineth Realm Lords came out. He wanted to buy Realm Lords because there were no more High Elves in the game. He wanted to play. He sold his High Elves. Once those were gone, I'm like, there's no point in my keeping my dwarfs because they're never going to come out with a dwarf army like this. <laughs> and I so I, I need. I mean, we we needed some money. We had bills. Mm-hmm. Um, so I let I, I let I let that go. I mean, I still know to this day. I I let I let thirteen or. It had to be about thirteen hundred dollars worth of dwarves go for six hundred. Yeah, um, which I mean that happens, but 
I don't know that I have it in me to rebuy and rebuild an old army. A, a, a dwarf army? I don't know if I have it in me to do even that with again. The, even with the I'll latest models? Okay, but yeah, the latest models are fine. But the stuff that's yeah. cool is the the characters and the and the anvil yeah, yeah. and that stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Honestly, once I was kind of going through that and looking at it, I'm like, I think I'm out. Like, hmm. I already I, I want to play 40k. I have an army I'm building. You know, Chris mm-hmm. Usity would teach me that, or you could teach me that. Mm-hmm. I play Warcry. I play a lot of Shatterpoint. I play Age of Sigmar. I play Blood Bowl. Mm-hmm. Where am I gonna fit this in? And so I didn't mm. think I like as much as I liked it and liked the idea of it. I'm like I don't know if I. And then I had the time to sit down. I got through the lore and I read the rules. Yeah. And I'm even angrier <laughs> because I missed my dwarves terribly, and now I'm kicking myself. Mm-hmm. For, and I I had to. I had to. Mm. And now I'm reading this going. I wish I had them back i like this these rules are so well written yeah i just feel it's so tight now and it's giving you more options more variety with a cleaner rule set um so a couple quibbles but other than that i mean not everything's always perfect Mm -hmm. but as far as the other the rule sets go yeah i like the things you can do with the movement i like the reformings i like i like that there's no more you know the the 10 man front is available but you don't get all sorts of bonuses for it so it's not pushing mm-hmm. you to 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 play yeah, 50 man like that, units yeah that 10 by 5 or whatever right people. i did it i played yeah. all the time oh yeah um my marauder horde army was 50 grave guard yeah. I started off with three units of 30 zombies, and if my magic went well, I ended the game with uh, three units of 60 zombies. Like, it was... <laughs> right. Um, but boy, oh boy, do I want to play this. Yeah. And I don't, something's got to give. Something's going to have to give. I've Oh, and I have Horse Heresy. I play too. I don't know what's going to give, but something's going to, because <laughs> I need to play some of this. Yeah. Now, the book is gorgeous. I do love the blue. It's almost a turquoise uh, yeah, it's nice. I you know I lo- I, I love the old B uh, the BRB it's was the, the big BRB red book. right the big red book and then it, now this is the BRB the big rule book. Mm. <laughs> now, um, I'm just gonna it starts off and I want to I want to go through we're gonna cover lore mostly today. Yeah, because the lore is a little different than I remember it. Now they tweet they tweaked it. Here's my question and they, and they streamlined it. Here's yes. my question. Hmm. The tweaks and the streamlines and, and, and a slight, I, I noticed a slight retcon. Hmm. Is this the lore coming from the old world or is this the lore as the Age of Sigmar remembers it? Oh. See what I'm saying? Because, like, hmm. I'll, I'll tell you right now, when they mention the Dark Elves, their leader is Malarian. Was it? I didn't need that. It was just absolutely Malarian. And I stopped and went, wait, Malarian? And I realized they, that Malekith is not a name of that's theirs, you know. Yeah. Um, so I, I miss that. My question is: Is this coming from there or that? Plus, there's. Uh, I mean, I don't want to. Sp- I mean, we'll get to it when we get to it. But there's stuff in here. I remember I texted you and I was like, "Was this ever in any of the other books?" You're like, "No, this yeah. is new." And I'm like, "Oh, right. cool." Mm-hmm. So. It starts off World of Legend. I'm going to read this really short part. This is just going to introduce. Because, uh, I, like I said, I want to cover this kind of thoroughly, the lore and stuff, because I know we have a lot of listeners who only came into Games Workshop stuff or Warhammer at AOS. 
So while those of you who've been playing forever know this stuff, and you're going to hear it, and I think there's some interesting stuff for you, but this is a walk down memory lane for me. Whereas a new player, I think you'll be interested to hear the, the, the lore of this planet because it's pretty cool. Uh, World of Warhammer is a battle-scarred and dangerous place around every corner, down every darksome alley, and behind every bowl of every twisted tree lurks deadly threats and evil things. For the unwary, the opportunities to encounter a sudden and gruesome end are plentiful. <laughs> uh, the pages that follow explore the rich stories and dramatic rivalries. So, we start off in the beginning. And now, apparently, the old world before... Now, the old world was a planet... Yeah. It was round, and it was populated by giant monsters. It was a beautiful, lush garden place ruled by monsters, leviathans in the water, behemoths on the ground, and the things that ruled them all were the dragons. Did you, do you, is this no. familiar? <laughs> no. No. Mm-hmm. So before this, this was a world populated by Giants and leviathans and dragons, all giant beasts. Yeah. And the dragons and I, ruled. And then what happened is the old ones came. Yeah, they just popped up. Mysterious in origin and near omnipotent in nature, the race known only as the old ones has plied the depths of the cosmos in magnificent silvered ships since time itself began. So that's then you get, new, that's all new info. Sure, okay. I mean, we knew the old ones did this, but it's like, okay, I guess we're getting a little more info. And this is why I wonder how much of this is like legend mm. stuff, like the stuff that is built up around this. Oh, that's interesting. Because it is different. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you get some Bible-y types of, and they looked upon the world from above and found it to be good. Right. Uh, by their reckoning, this world might play an important role in destiny, a place where great powers would vie for supremacy. They saw in the world the seed of something unknown, and yet unknowable, ripe with promise of new realms that might in some distant future erupt from the fires of destruction and chaos that would come to ravage this reality. This is bananas. The old ones looked at the planet and said, this has something to do. This is places important. And they built it up, but it hints, it basically comes right out and says here, there's a good chance they realized that this planet was important, but it wasn't I, going to last. Yeah, and they even... It was the even, catalyst for something more. Yeah, which is like they're... They're like kind of paving the way for... Age of Sigmar. The mortal, the mortal realms. Yeah, yeah. new and realms another, and realities. Yeah, there's another paragraph in here that also does the same thing. Yeah, and I like this. Mm-hmm. I like that they're tying it all together. They're, and we've never... I mean, I expected this to be... A complete rehash, and although parts are a rehash, um, did you know Valio was married to either Grimnir or Grungni before? Nope. Uh, didn't know that. Like, there's, oh my goodness, like just, and it's just little bits like that. It's the little bits that though that oh, us us old men of Warhammer <laughs> are reading this and going, this is fantastic. Um, so what happens? The old ones come in and decide they're going to basically terraform. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when they stepped into the world, it was as if the gods themselves have set foot upon the soil. Their mere presence proving a catalyst to changes that would spell the doom of the creatures that walked the world before them. Bye bye, dragons. Most of them. Bye bye, a lot of the Leviathans. Anything that they can't, if it's in the way, they're going to get rid of it. Right. Because they're a lot of the dragons, the I guess, went to sleep because, like, 
Because they're still there. Yeah, they're still there, but you know the elves actually find them and wake them up, and I think that is in the elf lore. Is that that's cool too? So at the poles of the world, great gates were constructed through which the servants of the old ones rode from realms unknown upon zephyrs of magical power. They brought with them machines of arcane science, world-building engines with which they would reform the lands and seas into more pleasing geometries. First, can we talk about the old ones? Mm. When I first read this as a as as a as a younger player who had nothing no knowledge of 40k, <laughs> I thought this was a Cthulhu reference. Oh, yeah, nope. The old ones. I mean, that's the ones yeah. from the from at the Mountains of Madness. They yes. they did this on Earth. Yeah. They terraformed Earth from the poles, mm. right? So I thought that's what this was. Then you read 40k and you find out these are the guys that were killed by the Necrons, right? Which explains why they disappear. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I'm then, wondering if the battle with the Necrons is what destroyed the gates now. Could be. I mean, if you go back even to like the beginnings of like Warhammer first you know, second edition, you know, they, the old ones, Slan, there were like troops that you could play. You could have, you could play Slan and they had, you know, allies, they had Zotes and stuff and all kinds of crazy things. Oh, they just they called ba- them old ones? They just, yeah, they were just old ones. Or No, I think they were called Slan. Yeah, but the but, old ones yeah, came, they yeah. brought the Slan with them. Yeah. The Slan were their, their servants. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things we find out. The Slan were their servants. They created the other races, Right, but the yeah, slan so, came with them. Did you see, the, like, how's like some of like the or yeah, we'll get into that. The origin of these races now, it's like, oh my gosh. Well, and a lot of it was the stuff we saw before, but they're just mm. they're filling in these little bits, and it's like, oh my goodness. So, at the bidding of their masters, the slan manipulated the world engine, steered the planet toward the warming life, uh, the path towards the warming light of its distant sun. They moved the planet. Yeah, they moved a different orbit now. Which is interesting. In the turmoil of this great undertaking, mountains were shattered and rebuilt. Land masses moved in their foundations. Okay. So then the Slan had lizard men working with them and did all this stuff. Um, uh, they battled the monstrous denizens of the prehistoric world that survived the coming of... Driving the gargantuan beasts to desperate flight to cower in the deepest and darkest corners lest they face utter annihilation. That's a little brutal. It That's, is. That sounds like the emperor. And here's the other thing. You've got the old ones who predate the Necrons, who are kind of the oldest, one of the oldest races out there, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, because they got, they were in that big war, and they. I mean, but they tried to try to re remake themselves, right? So they their ruler put them all to sleep, right? Thinking they were going to get these new cool cybernetic bodies, but that didn't work out. So they predate humanity. Do they predate the elves? I think they oh, do. The, the Eldar? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the Necrons are the oldest race, and the old ones were around before them. So this is such an old race. And yeah. I just wonder, they come in and start doing stuff like like the Emperor would do. I'm going to terraform and move this stuff, and if you're in my way, you're dead. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's really kind of brutal. Um, once they get the land terraformed, they, they were bringing new races into being. Yeah. Uh, some believe they hope to determine which traits were most important for a successful and long-lived civilization. Others suspect the young races were created only to protect their paradise realm from unknown threat. Okay. So first was the elves. So we have a planet with old ones and lizard men. Yep. And they create the elves. And we, they're the elves we know today. Yeah. The same elves in AOS. They're long-lived, uh, you know, 
good dexterity, very smart, easily learned skills, lived a long time. Um, the dwarves were next. Yeah. Kind of their opposite. <laughs> yeah. Uh, very resistant to magic, whereas the elves are very magic-oriented and susceptible to it because they're so suffused with it. Mm-hmm. Okay? This part about the orcs and goblins got me. What? Okay, wh- <laughs> before we tell everybody about this, what do you think of this? I, I, I think it's amazing. This makes me more confused. Yeah. Where did okay? They didn't create the orcs on no. the Warhammer world. I'm just gonna read. Do you want to read this paragraph? Sure. So okay. It says Sur- surging in great numbers from the barren wastelands of the world came orcs and goblins, crude creatures, more interested in fighting one another and hunting prey than in the ways of civilization. They had come to the world aboard the mighty vehicles of the old ones, stored away in secret, and they had prospered greatly upon the warm and lush world. First of all. <laughs> I, I, I have a, I have a small problem with this. Okay, the orcs stowed away, so they were on some other planet that yeah. the old ones made. Which means the orcs are very old too, right? Or at least well, yeah. when the Necrons come back and fight. Well, I mean they're about the same. Maybe we don't know when. Are we came. assuming that? Are we? Are is it a given that the old ones are from forty k? Are we? I mean, are we? Are we going to take that as a given for the sake of the argument here today? At least, I guess so. So then, I guess the orcs existed. Um, you've heard of orcs, right, Chris? You've read some stories of orcs, right? You know what yeah, orcs yeah, are yeah. like, right? They stowed away and hid yeah. quietly until they let. La- they stowed well, I away, mean, prob- and- probably, probably not quietly. Um, like they were probably battling them the whole time. You just can't get rid of them. Stowed away in secret, and they had pro- so they they came out on the planet. They came off the ship. They were their secret. Now, I mean, unless it's like rats and they were just killing them when they found them, but orcs, exactly, yeah. orcs being for a good scrap, mm-hmm. I can't picture them even surviving that. Either the old ones had no time <sighs> to deal with them or the orcs actually wised up and hid. I mean, they, they are cunning and brutal. <laughs> yes, they are. This is, ah, this is shocking. Yeah, I, I would assume that there was fights, battles on these ships, and the slime are like, "What the heck is going on here?" Like, you know, you can't these get rid of all the. These are almost omnipotent beings yeah. who can change worlds. Yeah. You think they couldn't just cleanse nope. their ship? No, it's orcs. That's true. Yeah. I mean, orcs grow like fungus, right? So, as, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's this is the craziest thing. Unless, of course, oh, if they had some. Uh, like snotlings or, or little baby orcs stuff. Like I said, they said they're fungal, right? Like that's how yeah, they yeah. Repro- they, they yep. reproduce asexually or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Even if you killed them, I guess it would be parts left behind that yeah. maybe they didn't realize that yeah, they remember grew like back. You cut, we, we read about that somewhere where you like cut off like it's a in the, part of an orc and it kind of like crawls away into a dank corner. And I think that's a 40K thing. A yeah, 40K grows orc. A, grows a new orc. So, yeah. So they stowed away. Yeah. And and then managed to not because uh, once again you they're an infestation they're worse than the Skaven you cannot get rid of them <laughs> right and then finally the race of men yeah um and it was adaptable and prolific so vital and ingenious they would easily adapt to almost any environment we are in these games the jack of all trades yeah I mean we're you know in, in the in the terms of the old world our stats are straight threes. Yeah, move yeah, move is it move 
Yeah. In the game, we I think don't, it's like, uh, move, yeah. move six, we excel weapon skill at, three, let's skill three. We excel three, at nothing, three. but we're good at everything. Right. Like, we're decent. We're not as agile as the elves. We're not as brutal as the orcs. We're yeah. not as t- uh, as hardcore tough as the dwarves. As, yeah, tough as a dwarf. Yeah, exactly. But we hang with all of them. Right. <laughs> Lastly, we're perhaps the most unfinished of all the Old Ones creations. The halflings and the ogres. Radically different in size and strength, but remarkably resistant to the lure of the magical world. Mm-hmm. I think that's funny. The halflings and the orcs were their half done. You got the tiny guys who love to cook and the giant guys who <laughs> love to <laughs> eat. Love to eat. <laughs> it's yeah. like, what are you doing? <laughs> um, now here's, yeah, so that, that, that's a lot to, that was a lot to absorb in the first two pages. Two pages of this book. Like, God dang, okay. Yeah, I mean, th- uh, this is why I, I, this is why Chris and I are going to be working overtime this month to bring you bonus episodes, uh, mm-hmm. basically because we start recording in the evenings and we're old men and have to be up at five, so we can't be up till midnight recording. Yeah. Um, but this is this is crazy. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, and Harrison was the one who said it's interesting, the tiny guys who love to cook and the giant monsters who love to eat. I'm going to give credit where credit's due there. <laughs> I don't want to plagiarize. Um, yeah, so gets, the next part's like, ah, oh, it's chaos now. Um, but there's a lot of interesting stuff here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see that their world-building engines that they put on either the pole, uh, the, the gates on either pole yeah. are also how they traveled through dimensions, almost like... Warp gates? Warp gates or realm gates mm-hmm. or the webway. The webway? Well, yeah, maybe, yeah. Because they can travel safely through, mm-hmm. and they, they, they you never hear any worry about chaos getting to them. You know, they just travel through. It could be the webway. Maybe. Um, and the old ones use the power of the warp, and it, it, now, as you read this, it doesn't seem like they quite understood it. <laughs> Right. Yes, it's to drive their world building engines, world building engines, and facilitate their interstellar travels. The old ones relied upon sorceress power drawn from an alternate dimension. I assume they're talking about the warp. So. Yeah, yeah. The old ones learned of this etheric otherworld and tapped into its limited reserves of raw magic. It's absolutely the warp. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, they just, open uh, this, and it's not. I, Oops. I, I I keep picturing these world shaping engines. They keep calling them the the, the warp gates or whatever they you know the, at the yeah. at the ends of the planet. Mm-hmm. And I just I can't help but in my head I picture it like Stargate, like a giant circle mm-hmm. with the with the with the opening yeah. in the center. You know. Um, now what gets scary here is, uh, they didn't realize that the chaos gods were watching all of this, and they they couldn't yeah. come through the gate. Because they couldn't be in the physical realm. But, mm-hmm. as it puts, they whispered their evil and it reached the ears of the inhabitants of the world, helping to corrupt them. Uh, <laughs> as they corrupted the humans, the humans... Okay. Um, the dwarves <laughs> the dwarves are stoic. The elves, who feel probably more than any, but have it under control. You know, they, they they didn't. They birthed Slanesh, but that's what happens when they let their emotions out of control. The the yeah. elves keep their emotions in check. Humans, however, have an inc- infinite capacity. Apparently, now, I, I, I there's a, there's a saying that my uh, the, uh, uh, a guy I knew, Father Karapi, used to say, and he quoted from someone else. I don't remember. He said, "The Lord has put obvious limits on our intelligence, but none whatsoever on our stupidity." <laughs> um, this is what these humans are. 
and they get corrupted. And apparently, there's yeah. no limitations to how evil we can get. Yeah, because they go, they get pretty bad. They get pretty bad. And as and this is the thing, mm-hmm. emotion and that stuff is what feeds the chaos gods. We know this. It's even in AOS, right? Decay, yeah. change, excess. Rage and More. blood, these Murder. things, yeah, these things power yeah. the chaos gods. And once they tapped them, they're humans. <laughs> yeah, so we basically have the old ones to blame for all of this stuff. Yeah, because uh, if they no, if they if they had never bothered tapping into this, they were must be they were the first things to tap into this other realm. I mean. The two the two realms were completely separate until the old ones started mucking around. If they didn't start doing that would 40k have happened i mean the emperor I, uses the warp and all that stuff i don't know where he learned no, it from. They, they, well they all did right yeah like in like the back in like the you know the empire you know the world building empire building with the emperor like that was like a, a low ebb in like in like the chaos uh like storms right. and stuff like that they were able to traverse the web pretty or the warp pretty easily yeah. Back then. Yeah. Um so as 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 they start corrupting the world, mm-hmm. feeding off the emotions, they become more and more powerful. That yeah. power allows them to keep putting pressure on the gates. Under the under unrelenting pressure of these entities' attention, the <laughs> portals above the poles of the world, each larger than a mountain. Mm. Are they just floating above there? Yeah, I yeah, just thought just they, like, I thought they were resting there, like on the ground, like no, but no, no, no they're, they, yeah, they're up in the sky. Oh yeah. gosh, okay, yeah. Um, they begin to bend and break, eventually collapsing in an epoch-shattering implosion. In an instant, the gates were replaced by a boiling sea of chaos, where the physical world and the other world overlapped, a yawning chasm in the stuff of reality, revealing the realm of chaos beyond. In that moment, the old ones disappeared from the world. Their tenuous yep. connection with this realm severed with absolute finality. I don't understand how or why that happened. They seem I mean, to be walking around no here. One, they no had one ships. seems to know. The gate blew up and they were dead? It I could mean, be it's crazy. a coincidence. Unless it, cutting them off from that did something. Who knows? I always thought yeah, that we they were know. dead because the, the Necrons killed them all. Mm-hmm. These guys might have been guys who escaped the Necrons, though. Who knows? Yeah. Whether they were slain by the psychic trauma of the event or merely banished into a distant shadow realm, none can say. Um, with them gone, chaos rushes in to fill the void, and it becomes kind of awful. Um, yeah, sort of an age of chaos. If you're more familiar with Age of Sigmar lore, then this, this is the is age of chaos. The equivalent of, but this is the age of chaos now. It's different, though. And its mm. difference is that gate is destroyed and there's a big rip in reality yeah okay it's it's a chaos energy pouring in and that raw energy comes pouring through um this rip in reality that kind of is and as they come out uh it coalesces. now here's here's an important step here this is where we introduce warp stone Mm -hmm. when it blew up and it broke the stuff that came pouring out of the warp gate coalesced into reality. And the energy yeah. of the warp turned from energy into matter. And it turned into giant chunks of rock, black rock that had a greenish tint and glow to it. This is warp stone. 
Okay. This was the only time. There was no realm stone. We had one realm stone. It was warp stone. It's and it's literally chaos magic. It's the evilest, purest, most deadly <laughs> form of chaos magic. Um, now, yeah. just to tell you how much happened, this blew up and scattered warp stone all over the planet. Yeah. One chunk blew out at enough speed and with enough size. To break free of the atmosphere. Yeah. And it became a second moon. Yeah, Morslieb. So we have Manslieb, which is like man, whatever, man, what's sleep? It's a, reg- it's a regular moon. Yeah, Manslieb. And Morslieb, the death moon. Yeah. Which glows moon, yeah. green in the sky. And at times, uh, when it's at certain points in its, in its path around the Warhammer world, um, chunks of Warpstone will just break off of it and it will just yeah. come flowing to Earth. And the Skaven are always looking for those. Sure. That's what the Skaven use almost exclusively to power their stuff. Um, that's why when you look at all the Skaven models, all their stuff is painted with that greenish-black stone. That's the warp stone. You don't yeah. hear it mentioned a ton in AOS because there's different realm stones that they use. Yeah. But the warp stone is still... That's oh, yeah, the, straight poison. Yeah. The Skaven book is all about warp stone. Oh, yeah. Um, so we got a new moon... Mm-hmm. Now we have more sleep as chaos comes in, as we said. Let's see what else is here. It destroys everything. Okay. Now. Um, so this is the, now this is a, a war coming between you now between demons and the slant. And what's everything. left of the slant. Yeah. Here's what's crazy, though, is that chaos energy is not in check. All right. The not world yet. was going to be overrun by this. In fact, what happens is that warp rift or whatever it is that was was out of control demons are pouring out of it and remember demons have to have some sort of you know they have to have something holding them together right they have a connect have a connection to the the warp but with the poles on either side of the world having these huge rifts now yeah it was pouring enough chaos magic where they could pretty much go anywhere they want yeah uh and that's bad Mm. that's really bad um now, what's important here is as this disaster starts to unfold, right? Um, the Slan Mage Priests get together. It says here, through a monumental... out, And I didn't realize this either. Like, I didn't know this part. I knew that something had happened, they had fought them, but this this really explains a lot. Yeah, this is... This is uh this is the same lore as before. Is this part the same? Okay. Yeah. Uh, through a monumental outpouring of arcane might, they halted the tearing of the material realm. So they, they stopped the gates from growing. Wrestling with forces greater than anything they had encountered before, they stand, the slan stabilized the globe, slowing its erratic flight through the angry heavens and sending it back upon its correct course. These things blew up so bad that it blew the planet off of its rotation. Which, if you know anything about science, means everybody on the planet is dead. But we're not going <laughs> to say that. Um, well, they, just, they straightened it, it out. They stopped it yeah. happening. Mm-hmm. So great was the effort that many of the oldest slan expired, even as they battled to halt the cataclysm. Hundreds more died in the days that followed. Um, the only ones left are the young ones, the young yeah. slan. They don't know the plan. So the slan reshaped the planet. They knew what the old ones wanted them to do, and they did it. The problem is, all the ones who knew what was going on just died. Yeah. Um, 
they only had a fragment of the wisdom of their elders. They did not know the deeper secrets of the old ones. They were not masters of the ether and could not traverse the interstellar deeps. So they're now stuck on Warhammer World because right. they can no longer travel that way. They don't know how. Of the geomantic web, the arcane construction of the forebears, they only understood rudimentary details. They had not the knowledge of their master's great plans. By events beyond their reckoning, they inherited a duty beyond their means, the preservation of the world and the completion of the Old One's great plan. So is this the first incursion of chaos the, of chaos into, I suppose, our, our reality? Is the Warhammer world? Is that why it's significant? I think so. Yeah, seems like it. I mean, if we're assuming that humanity hasn't even come around in 40K yet at all, uh, and if and if we are assuming that that the two that that somewhere in the 40K somewhere, even if it's a pocket dimension, the world the Warhammer world exists. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this might be the first incursion. Seems and like it. Partially because the great old ones didn't realize they could do it. And partially yeah. because humans suck, <laughs> right? It was—I mean, it's—it it explicitly states it was human emotion in that that freed that gave them the power. Yeah. So yes, we suck. But once again, look back at Lord of the Rings. Who became yeah. corrupted the instant they touched the rings? Right, the humans did. The yeah. humans. The dwarves didn't. Mm-hmm. In fact, they got gold sickness. They didn't even get evil. They just got greedy. <laughs> the elves knew what it was and took it off their fingers the second it happened. Um, yeah, humans suck. Now, um, let's see. Now it's just, now it's war. Mm -hmm. War against chaos. The war against chaos is now continuing, but chaos is, at this point, they're unstoppable. Right. As long as the chaos magic and the chaos power and the warp power keeps pouring through these destroyed gates, um, you can't stop them. Uh, now... Here we talk about the other the other people, and this is fantastic. First, we start yeah. with the children of Grungni or Grungni. Uh, Grungni, the first dwarf, an ancestor god of his race, had long ago warned his people of the time that peril may come. He's the one who told them they should live in in the mountains. They are tunnelers. They are mo- they are miners. Live under here. Yeah, this is the same Grungni that's in AOS now. Yes, it is. Same dude. Um, so when all when when the chaos gates erupted and warp stones started falling from the sky and oh by the way let's not forget and I think it was mentioned earlier in the book um, that that caused a lot of mutations mm-hmm. yeah the beastmen the beastmen came from here uh, yeah. humans and and animals that just basically were merged through the warp just yeah. disgusting pretty, beasts pretty pretty yeah not a- just gross yeah. Um, <laughs> So when all of that happened after the great cataclysm and the explosion, the dwarves came out and were like, okay, we're okay. Yeah. Uh, but there were mutants and monsters all just waiting to get in. Um, they didn't get in because the dwarves are the best. Yeah, the dwarves pretty much defended their realms. Yep. Then with, they, their, with their runic magic. Hooray, it's back. Runic magic is the best. It's the it's best back. reason to play the dwarves. They have the, the coolest army. I don't care what anybody else says. Um, now, let, here we go, though. Allowing them to stand against the creatures of chaos. And Valia, wife of Grungni, did not know she was his wife. Yeah, okay, sure. Used yeah. her protections to ward off the dark magic of their... So, those of you who don't know, Grungni is um, the... the he, He's the... Uh, wait. He's the maker. He's the maker. He's the guy who is the... 
if there's three patron gods of the of the of the dwarves at this time. He's a, he exists. He's the one who helped create Stormcast armor. He's the one yeah. who helped Sigmar create the Stormcast. He is the 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 maker, the machine guy. Right. Valia was the healer. Yeah. And she was, I mean, she that's what she did. She she would give blessings. She could heal any wounds. Supposedly Nagash Eater. Supposedly. Well, I mean mm. they there was a dead female dwarf, which we don't see too many of, in a very special sanctum with runes and stuff around it at her her resting place. And Nagash did all he could to bust through there and then swallow her soul. So hmm. we don't know that it was her, but if it wasn't, who was it? Why did they mention that? And we've never know. heard mention of her again. I think we have we never heard that name in AOS? Uh, I, think I think the only person I've ever heard say it was um Gotrek when he Gotrek, was swearing. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was Grimnir, the blazing warrior god of the dwarfs, who would lead his people to war. Yeah. Um and they went out and wherever he led wherever Grimnir led them, and that's the guy who killed Volcatrix. Yeah, in AOS. Yeah. Um and so then he blew goes up. Out and then blew up. Um and let's not forget the elves from Oath One. Yeah, and uh Gotrek had Grimnir's axe. He eventually does wind up with Grimnir's axe. We did find that to be the truth. Mm-hmm. That's cool. He doesn't have it anymore, though. No. I think he threw it down, didn't he? He's like, screw you, Grimnir. Uh, when he, well, Grimnir asked him to take his place and fight yeah. in the, because Grimnir, think, what yeah. we find out is here is Grimnir's people keep dying. Right. And even though he's winning the battles, he's upset that his people are dying. So he says, I'm going off to the wastelands and I'm going to go right into that warp gate and stand at the gate and keep anything from coming through it. Mm-hmm. Bold claim. His son's like, I can't let you go alone, Dad. So Grimnir had two axes, gave one to his son, and then marched off with his. Right. Eventually, they found his son's axe. Yeah. Because uh, they and that's the one that they got went on tra- that. That's the expedition where um, they go with Snorri Nosebiter, and that's when right. they came home, and the and the goblins yeah. had attacked. Yeah, and that's when he found that his wife and kid were dead. Right, and he became a slayer. Um, he became a slayer after going and complaining to the king about not defending the people enough, and the king oh, got mad, right. and he lost his mind and oh, killed yeah. the king and ev- and everybody in there that's right. over that, his that wife. You, but you learn that later. You learn that way later, and that's yeah, his yeah, greatest... Yeah. I mean, he is still yeah. carrying that around. He, yeah. And it's just, he lost, his, he lost his wife, and in his grief, when, right. when the king wasn't listening to him, right. he took him out. That's what he told other people, though, before that came out, was that he became a slayer because of... Because his wife was dead. His wife was dead. But that's not the whole truth. That's not the whole truth, no. When you find out how his wife died, oh, that I cried. <laughs> I did. I cried I in that because that battle that happened right after you found out the truth is one of the most sad and horrible things I've ever read. I don't know, dude. Like, Snorri Nosebiter's story might be worse. But that's, that's why it's so bad. Yeah. That's because Nori was that was who he was fighting right. at the end and that yeah. was I cried. I yeah. cried for both of them. Yeah. That was a, a thing that should have never had to ha- oh, god it was so well written. <laughs> um okay, so Anarian. Anarian is one of the leaders guy. of the elves. He's amazing. I love Anarian. Uh, war war has come to us uh They're the yeah. children of, has come to Ulthuan, I mean. Um yeah. He turns to Assyrian 
their God, their creator God. Yeah. And help me out, dude. Praying, burning offerings, all of this, and nothing happened. Surian tells him to. He doesn't tell him anything. He ignores him. So what does he do? At the temple of Assyrian, he offers himself. Right. Walks into the flame. Walks into the sacred fire saying, please save my people. Uh, The fire doesn't burn him. He walked through and came out the other side unscathed and transformed. He is now better than when he went through. He has been purified. And purified, empowered, emboldened. Yes. You name it. He came through the flames and was reborn. Thus, they call him the Phoenix King. Hey. Anarian had become the vessel of transcendent power. And when he spoke, elves hastened to obey. That's who came out of the other side. Could you picture that, though? That's amazing. Yeah. This is some epic level stuff. Uh, so, Kalidor Dragon Tamer's here, too. Oh, yeah. The greatest mage of his age. Probably the greatest mage of the elves ever. And yeah. I know Teclis is a wunderkind. Um, he ain't got nothing on Kalidor. Kalidor Dragon Tamer did stuff that was... He, say he saved the world. He saved the world, yeah. Mm. Uh, so, Kalidor uh, Dragon Tamer and Anarian train elves get things going for centuries. Um, they they went to war against demons. Mm-hmm. Um, this whole story, yeah, is in the has been told in a couple of different books and high elf army. There books was and, a the Sundering trilogy. Yeah, I think so started awesome. with that. So good. Oh. <laughs> yeah. that the was fight, a great trilogy. The Battle of Fenuval Plain. Oh, oh it's my favorite. It's now, my favorite, some of my favorite lore in of the Warhammer world, the world that was the Battle watching, of the Evil Plane. Watching, reading where Malekith goes through. Yeah. And let me say this. What we find out is there were 12 more Phoenix Kings between Anarian and Malekith. Yeah. Um, I don't think it was that many. It was only a couple that before Malekith became, or I keep calling him Malekith, Malarian became Malarian, before he became the, the leader of the Dark Elves. Right. The Witch King. Yes. Um, what I think is really cool about that is mm-hmm. after Anarian, all of yeah. the mages in them did protective wards and magic so that when they walked into the fire, yeah. it, it would help them. They didn't have to be pure. They were walking mm-hmm. through the fire boosted by pure magic spells and all this stuff to make sure they were safe. Yeah, because they were just they were elected officials. Right. And um, they were good. Some of them were great. Yeah. I mean, you know. But they, yeah. they never they never actually withstood that trial. Mm-hmm. And then, as we're going to find out later, and we'll talk about this later, when Malarian walks through and what happens, and then when you find out <laughs> in the end times what was going on, oh, but I will say this. I know, Chris, you didn't like that. I don't like it either. I don't think it's true. Oh, it is. It's canon. Mm-hmm. It wrote it. This is what happened. Nah. Um, I love that he just he needed a real test, and he failed. He failed the test. But you know what? He failed the well, test. And we know what I like about it? Because Anarian didn't fail the test. Here's what I would... Here's what some people say. Is when Malekith, whatever, went into the flames. Like, he's in there and he's roasting. He's yeah, burning alive. Yeah, he's burning alive. and he's screaming. His followers pull him out before he dies. Well, he stumbles out. They tried to get him. Nah, they couldn't they, get they, to they, him. They, they, they literally say they pull him out. <laughs> Now, there's people who say if he had stayed in there, like even a second longer, <laughs> that's not people on his who own say, will. I'm dying. Hold on a second. <laughs> okay. 
Um, I'll pull out the book where it says it in the end times book. It mm. says it. That was that was really that happened. Had he stayed in there, and it, when mm. it and it didn't say that, he was burning, and they were trying to get him out, and then he collapsed halfway out, and they dragged him. Mm-hmm. In the book, it says if he'd have stayed in there and endured the pain for one heartbeat longer, he'd have walked out like an Arian did. Yeah. But Why did saying, this happen sorry, to him? So you're saying he failed? You say he did fail or didn't fail? He did fail. He failed okay. the test. He had to stay. And what it says he just was, couldn't. He just couldn't endure it. He physically couldn't endure it. See, I, read, I kind of read that as his followers pulled him out ahead of before he could. Nah, you know what? I thought about that, but when we were covering this and reading mm-hmm. it, and it was yeah. a big deal. I like, remember. Uh, and here, <laughs> and I know some people. Hey, I know you didn't like it. No, but I thought this was cool because why? Because he. No, was, I like the I like the fact that he was the legit Phoenix King. Nah. The thing that he said. For 6,000 years, yeah, he was right. And remember, because I know you listen to the show, Barnett used to always say this, and he would irritate Chris you to no end. No, 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 there's no high elves and dark elves. They're just, they're all elves. Mm-hmm. That They have different opinions, but they're all elves. And then yeah. it literally said, I, I remember Barnett being so excited <laughs> because... He, uh, but you know what? But honestly, I think that's a testament and, and, and a compliment to Malarian. Yeah. Because why did he burn when nobody else burned? Because every yeah. battle he fought in his life, he won easily. Oh, yeah. The man, the, the Assyrian was like, you've never actually been tested. There's mm-hmm. never been a time when it looked like you might fail. I have yeah. to make sure you can do this. Mm-hmm. And he didn't. Right. And they said if it would have been one more heartbeat. Yeah. He would have walked out as the true Phoenix King and the world would have been a different place. Definitely. Instead, he spent 6,000 years trying to yeah. prove his value. Tra- trapped in a suit of armor. Oh, that's so... Oh, okay. <laughs> now, now we've gone way off track here, but uh, hey. and we're going to take a break in just a minute. Only 12 pages into the lore. We're never going to finish this. This is where we're going to have to do a bunch of... <laughs> this next... We, we could talk about the sundering for... Well, yeah, that's the problem. We need to move away from the sundering. This is where... (laughs) It's like my favorite. (laughs) It's one of my favorite parts of the the Warhammer world, too. (laughs) I remember reading those books, and I was... um, It was so good. Oh, man. And the battle where it actually all rips apart, and the earthquakes happen, and they build the arcs, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is so good. Yeah. The Celestial Dragon. Hmm. Yeah. Last part of page 15. Yeah. Cathay. You might not have heard of Cathay, faithful listener, if you've only known AOS. This was a land farther to the east. Basically, this was like China and Japan. Yeah, it was in there. It was on the map. It just never did anything with it. Never. Now, there were some weird, like, extra supplements where they talked about them, I think. But I think Mm. some of those were fan-written. Yes. Um, Grand Cathay found salvation in the form of a being more ancient and powerful than any mere god or demon. So we talked about the dragons that ruled everything, the apex predator, okay? Mm-hmm. When the old ones came on, the dragon, this dragon, had chosen caution and avoided confrontation. Where others of his kind fought the old ones and died, he learned their ways. As the world grew warm and became saturated with magic, he studied their sciences, becoming a master of their arts. So when, now here's the thing, he hears the chaos gods whispering through the gates. Yeah. He hears it. He knows it's trouble. And he thought about it and realized this guys are no good. 
He looked at the humans now populating his lands, simple but respectful creatures, and knew his honor required him to protect them and lead them through the trials ahead. So it was the Celestial Dragon defended his lands against the demonic legions, together with his mate, the Moon Dragon, and their nine draconic children. Awesome. He did battle with the demon legions, drive them from his land, and for his efforts, the young races of Cathay learned to shun the gods and the demons and bow down only before dragons. Sounds awesome. Four paragraphs of stuff I've never heard before that yeah. never got me more excited for the old world. Yeah. What a cool idea. What Where were great... they during the end times, those guys? I have no idea. Doing? What were they doing? Who knows? I, I, I have a theory they're going to retcon this and they're going to say the end times happened in the mortal realms, came about in life alternate reality and just keep going with this i don't know well i think this is why they said they rolled this back to years before that Mm -hmm. why this game takes place so long before that but it also gets confusing because they do they don't quite get to the they get pretty close to the end times yeah they they, they do and they foreshadow the end times well and they get basically i kind of felt like when i read that like they give us the entire timeline of the planet even Mm -hmm. though we're not playing at the end of the of the timeline they're giving it to us now right Itza is the land of the of the lizard people. Yeah, this is very important. Yes, um, this is in, this is in the lizard men yeah. lore. Uh, this is where the demons started to crush all the Slan Temple cities. Mm-hmm. And here's where you find out why Lord Croak is the coolest. Yeah, his lore is pretty awesome. Okay, mm-hmm. um, he gets there and he starts spinning magics. He alone holds off the demons for was it eleven days? Um, he something like that, yeah. Only an epic stand by Lord Croak's armies prevented the demons from overrunning the Great Pyramid. For many days and nights, they stood firm uh, while... He, so they fought him off while uh, Lord Croak gathered his power. At la- As the last of the defenders were cut down, the slan incanted spells that were the, pre- uh, the preserve of gods, and fire rained from the heavens, banishing demons by the millions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Time stood still as the fabric of the universe strained against the unleashed power. Eventually, he faltered, and a host of greater demons, the mightiest servants of the ruinous powers, descended from all points of the compass upon his corporeal form, tearing it apart in a moment of primal fury. So here's a guy whose armies are holding them back while he's preparing his magic, and when the army dies, he, in instance, kills more than they were able to do. Yeah, kills a million And it goes for days. He kills them by the millions, not a million, by by the millions. (laughs) And and if it went on for days, I can only assume we're getting into tens of millions. Yeah. I mean, I think it's somewhere, he says he kills like over a billion demons. Good for him. Yeah. So powerful was Lord Croak, his spirit refused to succumb to death. Yep. Set free of his flesh, his will became a rolling storm of tremendous power that descended from the city with fire scouring the invaders with divine light like it was a second sun. Yeah. You can't actually kill him. Yeah. You can't actually kill him anymore. You can't actually kill him. Even in Age of Sigmar, you, you can't can actually banish, kill him. You can, you you can, can banish his you spirit can banish his for a little spirit, while. But he'll come back. He's like he'll a mummy. Well, he is yeah. a mummy. He is a mummy, but his spirit is bound to that vessel. But if you destroy the vessel, his spirit just comes back. Yeah. Um. So... Here where the dwarves are fighting. For every victory run, the price was great, and the grief felt by uh, for every fallen dwarf warrior weighed heavily on Grimnir's heart. This is where I said where he goes. In yeah. preparation for his lonely journey, he took rough shears and cut his long beard short, drew his bright red hair into a fearsome spikes with animal fat. He stripped his body of armor, 
and had powerful runes of protection and vengeance. Ta- I like the protection and vengeance tattooed mm-hmm. upon him. Finally, he gave one of his great rune-inscribed axes to Morgrim, his firstborn son, who, despite his protestations, followed his father, despite Grimnir's protestations, followed his father, insisting someone must accompany him to record his success or failure. They both left. Nobody ever saw them again. Right. But that was his plan. And his plan worked. He got to the warp gates, and he fought. He's still there. He was still there. uh, Until Gotrek showed up. Right. And he talks Gotrek. He's like, I've been... You since you found the egg, you've been my guy. Yeah, take my place. And Gotrek says no. Oh, Gotrek at first was like, you can't tell me what to do, but then he's like, no, and he does take his place. But he promises him peace, and that eventually this will be done. And he never came back. Yeah, Gotrek fought for a ridiculous. In fact, if you really want to read something interesting, mm-hmm. um, if you if you read the last couple of Gotrek novels, you hear about the end of the world. And what happens to Gotrek at the end of the world and to Felix. Yeah. But you read the first Gotrek novel in the in Mortal, Mortal Realms. Realms. And when he pops out of the Realm Gate, he's crazy. Yeah. Because he, he, he literally just left. Well, and the, he thinks what he was doing. Yeah. Well, he was fighting for a long time, too. Because mm-hmm. he said they tried to trick him and tempt him hundreds, if not thousands, of times. Yeah. And he bought, so when he popped out into the mortal realms and everything was kind of peaceful and calm and there was other denizens around, he thought it was another trick. And he was <laughs> just, go, he wound up in jail, you know, because he yeah. just was like, like stark raving mad. I'm like, oh, <laughs> this is so crazy. Yeah. Okay. So now we get to the great undertaking. Yeah, here we go. You want to talk about this? I know this is your cup of tea. Where all yeah, of so this stuff is Ulthuin. T- this is Ulthuin. So, uh, you know, Anarian is defeating the Force of Chaos because he's super powerful now because, you know, he's not, you know, they're doing well, but it's not enough. So eventually the demons overrun Avalorn, Asteriel, uh, the Everqueen, and his kids get kidnapped, basically. Um, so Anarian goes a little bonkers. Um, cause he doesn't know what happened to them. Turns out they're not dead, but he doesn't know that. Um, in his madness and grief, Phoenix King, uh, mounts his big dragon, takes off to the blighted isle and pulls Widowmaker, this, the sword of Cain. It's an actual um, sliver. This giant sword, this yeah. is a big sword. Yeah. Is formed from a sliver that was scraped off of Cain, their God of murders sword. Yeah. It's dangerous and it's cursed. Yeah, it's cursed. So, and everyone knows it. All the elves know it. They're like, "That's bad news." You don't want to do that, but he does it anyway because he knows it's going to give him make him super powerful. And he's and uh, does, they've he's lost. got nothing to lose, and he's got nothing to lose at this point. He knows at this point they've lost that the that the that the the demons are just keep coming. Yep. So he's got the sword now, and he's just off the avatar of death. Uh, slews enemies by the thousand, leads his grim warriors against the demonic armies. So these are all his guys from the court that he's set up in Nagareth. See, there's a kind of like sort of the prelude to the dark elves. Cause that's, mm. you know, Nagareth gets broken, you know, it gets broken off and later. Um, anyway, so he knows that the war is lost. Elthwin's doomed. And so now Kalidor dragon tamer, best mage ever comes up with this plan. They're going to make this vortex, this cosmic vortex, and it's going to suck all of the, uh, magic away from the Warhammer world and siphon it 
Back into the warp. Back into the warp, basically. They basically make build a giant drain, a magic yeah. sink. Yep. So they do this, and uh, it works. Now, great. But in the meantime, but the, the the force of chaos realize what this is happening. They're like, they got to stop this. Mm-hmm. So they send these. Uh, I think it's a greater demon, four greater demons, one from each god, come to stop it. And then Narian and Androgynir basically kill them all. So like that gives, he can get gives, his spell done. Right. Kalidor gets his spell done, and it works. They they save the Warhammer world. They and, also uh, all disappear. They all go away. No one knows where they went. And we, we find f- out later, they're still there. This is this is bananas. Yeah. yeah. Okay? Yeah. So Kalidor Dragon Tamer and all of his mages, because there's a, a whole group of the best oh, yeah. mages in the on the planet here. A couple hundred of them. A couple hundred of them. And they put waystones all around Ulthuan, and they're using their mm-hmm. magic in this giant circle to create a uh, like an ethereal sort of like you, you know, it's not like you're gonna watch the chaos magic zooming down a hole, but it's happening. Yeah. They're in it. Yeah. You find yeah. out later the mm-hmm. only way that this spell works is if they keep Doing the spell, chanting the spell forever. Yeah. They're still there. And Kalidor, chanting this yeah. for 7,000 years. I'm sorry. 7,000 yeah. years. <laughs> They're still there. And Kalidor can take a break every now and then and go visit Teclas, which is fun. Yes, but that because he's overseeing it and they got it running. And when it's going well, when it's peaceful, he yeah. can do that. But you find in the end times, they go down there and they're still doing it. And I mean, their magic and the being in the middle of that, like they don't get tired. Yeah. They don't need to sleep or eat because they're caught in this magic thing. But is this is this how is this how they is this how they blow up the old world? Is they stop this from happening? Yeah, I, yeah, right. Well, they stop this from happening. To Archeon figures it out. Yeah, yeah that's remember. part. Well, Archeon went to each of the was going to each of the. He was basically re ripping open the gates on either end of the world. Yeah. That's what he was doing. He was getting to the gate. He had to kill all these people, but meanwhile, he was trying to rip the gates open. Okay. But it was this spell he needed that debt. He needed this stopped. Right. In order to get the gates open. To open. Right. So, yeah, it's then, crazy. So, Ted Teclas was going to do it, right? He was going to stop it from happening, but he needed his circle of dudes to keep it all going, and freaking doorknob stabs Balthazar Gelt in the back, right? Oh, that's right. Yeah, it's yeah. It, yeah. Every t- every time I thought they were gonna, that was what was crazy. They kept laying out a plan, and the plan's going well. And you're like, okay, here's how they're gonna stop him. And it gets to the very last second, and something goes horribly wrong. Yeah, and it's back to square one. And they kept doing I that. Like, I, uh, yeah, I loved it, but it was it was frustrating. <laughs> uh, anyway, now. So they stop it. Warhammer they stop World it. is safe. Hooray. It's safe because, with, okay, so you understand, with the magic vortex, all of that warp magic that was pouring out everywhere is yeah. basically getting siphoned directly out. Yep. Because of that, demons can only exist for any amount of time right near the gates. So are yeah. there demons at the north and south poles? Absolutely. Sure. Does that power wax and wane? Yep. Absolutely. Can they be summoned through magic uses and temporarily be here to show up in an army? Hundy P, um, that and yes. that's why that's why all the chaos incursions always come from the north, because yeah. for some reason the south gate we don't care about, right? But the gate in the north, um, that they're, they're always coming through that way, coming down southward, just wiping things out. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, so this is this new age. Yeah. So this is so this is a new bit for it they kind of threw in here. So they're saying it. So whether it was the arcane mastery of Lord Croak, the heroism of Grimnir, or Kalor's great ritual that turned the tide of the Long War, none could say. In truth, it's probably a combination of all three things. Yep. Yeah. Um. So where they where they were, Kalidor and the Mages now is a vortex of arcane power, burning with all the colors of magic. In the days yes. that followed, seers and scholars would begin the task of trying to understand the ritual, but they never did. No, is it was that there, it's called the Isle of the Dead, right? That they're on, yeah. Where they where they do that, where mm-hmm. the ritual is, yeah. Um. So Anarian, they never saw Anarian again. Anarian flew off to return the sword, and we never, never saw him again. Yeah, never came back. Um. And I don't. Th- I believe we never really did find out what happened. I don't think so. Did we at the end times? I don't remember. I mean, we 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 we, we see Anarian later when frickin' Marathi achieves. Yes, we ascension. see Anarian had been eaten by Slanesh. Yeah, and then and you're right. And then Anarian yeah. cuts cuts her in half. Yes, which is he does because awesome. she was awful. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> good old Anarian. They they choose a successor, Belshinar. Yeah. Now, Belshinar is a great Phoenix King because he really went to the old world and built up uh, friendships again. Went back yeah. and built friendships with the dwarves, colonies, and embassies, and uh-huh. all this stuff. And this is kind of this is also when, like, uh, somewhere, maybe not right here, but soon around here, Teclis goes to the old world and teaches all the humans how to use magic and mm-hmm. all this stuff. So the, the, the slan that are left are trying to fix the world. They don't know how, right. but they're trying. Um, and what's interesting here, and it says, the young slan that remained would never truly comprehend the subtleties of their lost master's plans, and whatever the dream of the old ones had been, it would never be realized. And yet, perhaps this is what the old ones dreamed of. Perhaps yeah. this was what they had foreseen. The coming of chaos, their demise, the birthing of a world in which mighty powers would battle, legends would unfold, acts of heroism would play out, a world which would live long in the memories of gods and mortals, but in the fullness of time would transcend beyond the humble reality it occupied through the fire of its death, reveal a new plane of existence. Now, bum, bum, bum. this happens a lot in these stories. This is yeah. a classic story. This is a you know a phoenix rising. In the end times, they talked about the pantheon of the elven gods and how the elven gods all have to die and be reborn, mm-hmm. except that when the Warhammer world died, they broke the cycle and they all died. <laughs> <laughs> but they die and are reborn. A lot of this is death and rebirth stuff happening, and I and even with the old ones and what they promised with the neck and the, the, uh, when the Necrons were promised stuff to fight them. How do you fight them? They're yeah. immortal. They have this, and they were given a death and rebirth of a type. Um, yeah. Do we not have Assyrian anymore? I, I don't remember hearing about Assyrian. I mean, I mean, they say Cain is gone, mm-hmm. but there's still a bit, there's still bits of him left. Uh, they found parts of him, but there's nothing to it. You know, like yeah, it's, yeah. it's dead. Yeah. Uh, and then it talks the, about rune yeah. magic, which is awesome. Dwarves are not magical. They Ooh. have they have innate magical resistance, and what do they do? They <sighs> They make runes and, and harness the magic to have powers. It's so cool. Yeah. Um, now there's pages twenty two to twenty nine is the time of leg- times of legend, and this is the the big timeline. Yeah, a lot of cool stuff in here. There's a lot of cool stuff, guys. You should read this yourselves. This is this is nine solid pages that are seven so- eight solid pages that there's really nothing to cut out. Yeah, I mean it. T- it mentions it goes all the way to pretty much. The beginning of the storm of chaos is where it takes us to. 
I mean, it talks about everything. Now, that's the Storm of Chaos. That's, when, that's the first time Archeon came through, right? Correct, yes. So that was when that, that was the story where he got head-butted. Yeah, head-butted by uh, Gringor Ironhide, head-butts Archeon, and says, that guy sucks, and walked back into the Badlands. Dumbest so. and most wonderful ending. Indeed. He had just fought. Who did Archeon fight that he was fighting and he was weakened? He fought. Uh, Valton. Valton, right. The, the reincarnation that some people thought of Sigmar. Yeah. And Valton exhausts yeah. Archeon. And Archeon's yeah. exhausted, but there's this huge scrap. And, of course, that's going to draw orcs. Yep. And, and as he kills Valton, he's standing there all exhausted. Up comes running Grimgor Ironhide, who yeah. just leaps into the air and yeah. headbutts Archeon, knocking him freaking cold. It's kind of like a money in the bank match. The guy's, like, exhausted from fighting for, like, an hour and the guy runs down the gangplank with the briefcase. Boom! <laughs> Cashes in the money in the bank. Headbutts Archeon. And now he's the champ. Uh-huh. And then he's just like, <laughs> I am the greatest and runs away. It was so yeah. funny. It yeah. was Actually, so funny. Like I think Valton dies later. He gets like assassinated by Skaven or something. Uh, I don't remember. Valton had really such a dumb. weird story. Yeah, that, he and did. It was I complete. liked it, but it didn't. I, like, it didn't. It didn't. They didn't play it out right, in my opinion. Exactly. Is is he the reincarnation of Sigmar or no? And it uh-huh. turns out no. Turns out no. Yeah. I don't think he was. He was Dude. someone who looked like Sigmar and might have had a lot of Sigmar's qualities, but it turns out no, he got wasted. Yeah, I mean, I got I got my Vulcan on horse right oh, yeah? here because they sold three. They had him on a horse. They had, him, the old, they, had, they had the young version of him, which is him without a lot of fancy armor. Yep. Then, then they, they had, had him on a horse. Yeah, then they had the horse version, and then there was one other one like got like King Vault, like Vulcan in full armor. Like looking on foot like or a something? Hero. Yeah, on foot again. Yeah, it was really odd what they did with yeah. that character. Because they never quite explained it. That was an got, interesting idea that didn't work. No, they probably just wrote themselves into a corner. and whatever, he whatever. either is or he isn't, and yeah. you, you got to say it. Yeah, and whenever that happens and you need to get a get out of jail free card, you just bring the Skaven and they can mess up your ritual or kill your cool dude yep. or whatever. All right, we've been going for an hour. We're going to take a break here because that's the history, folks. Now we're going to talk about what happens after this and what the what has happened with, with their with the, the the remainder, those who survived the the age of chaos. Mm-hmm. There's always something happening at Crognards. That's right, friends. Crognard Games in Roselle, Illinois, the premier stop. For your gaming needs in Northeast Illinois. If you're in the Chicagoland area, if you're in Southeast Wisconsin, if you're anywhere in the area, Grognards is the place for you. They've got board games, they've got card games, they've got all the models you could ever want for any of your miniature war games. They have so many lines of paints, I can't even keep track of it. They've expanded the store, they have a whole huge gaming area now. There is gaming every night. There is always something going on. I just can't tell you enough about Grognards. Why? Because they're awesome. Because they're fantastic. And because they are the best friendly local gaming store that I know of. So, do yourself a favor. Come on down to Grognards in Roselle, Illinois. If you can't get down to Grognards, give them a call. They do mail order. They do shipping. You can get your stuff from them whether you live five minutes away or five hours away because Grognards delivers. 
They deliver the goods. They deliver the fun. They deliver everything. And that's because there is always something happening at Grognards. And we are back. War and conquest. We are a third of the way through the lore, by the way. (laughs) Because it's 90 pages. Mm, Man. Um, Okay, so elves and dwarves. Belshinar is out there, and he brings a a golden age, basically, to the time of the elves and the dwarves. Um, uh, On the coast of the lands that would one day become Bretonia, they meet again, and a friendship formed long ago between Kalidor Dragon Tamer and Grimnir. See, and that's what it is. The dwarves had that you know, tradition. Grimnir was friends with Kalidor Dragon Tamer. Ergo, yeah. these are good guys. Right, we'll be friends. Absolutely. Uh, and Belshinar did, I remember this, he went to the new colony. He visited Karazakarak. Yeah. Which I don't think any other elf for a long time has been in. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, he swore an oath of friendship with the dwarf kings. Malarian, the yeah, son of Anarian, can't believe became that. his I, I, ambassador. I completely missed that. That's I don't hilarious. know how you missed that. I was I don't I, know. and I, when you didn't say anything when we were talking yesterday, I'm like, because yeah. uh, I thought that would at least catch ready. So yeah. he's still Malarian here, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now this is interesting. If you read the Sundering, uh, Malarian's a great guy. Actually, is he cocky? Oh, yeah. Yes. Is he kind of? But he here's the thing. He, he reminds me of the great Anglo-Saxon heroes like Beowulf, right? Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. In that. Was he cocky? Yes. Did he brag? Yes. But it's not brag if you can back it all up. Yeah, he was. He was. Uh, he was pretty amazing. Statesman, warrior. Yes, you name it. He was the true son of Anarian. Yeah, he was. He should have been the Phoenix King. <laughs> mm. um, so, so he's the he's the he's the son of Anarian, and he's his mom is Marathi. Yes, who and, who Anarian married after his wife died, although she didn't really. He, well, eventually she did, but it wasn't. Eventually she did, not right but, away. But yeah. he has other kids. Other kids are were still alive. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. He was grieving and thought they were dead, and he yeah. was feeling horrible. And suddenly yeah. Marathi showed up, whispering words of comfort. Mm. And we all know she's a sorceress. Oh yeah. Suddenly he's marrying her. They have a kid. He forgets his whole family, and it's all about Malarian. Yeah. And she did, and she raised that boy twisted. The reason he was so cocky and such a so, so just kind of a jerk was because of her. Well, she did it all on purpose so she could have power. Yeah, she was using him. She was the power behind the throne. Yeah, and she just kind of appeared out of nowhere too. Yep, which makes it seem even more evil. Mm-hmm. You know, good. Guy, yeah. You don't just show up out of nowhere and suddenly do this stuff, and then you, oh, mm-hmm. then you are leading the dark elves because you got you know. Plus, mm-hmm. remember, she she did a lot of the cults of murder and stuff like that. Like she was. Oh yeah. So yeah, she was not a good a good person. She aligned with Slanesh for a while. <laughs> yes, she did. <laughs> um, now, chaos is now spreading through Ulthuan. In what the weird cults. Of uh, here we go. luxury yeah. and pleasure, which were the Slanesh cults that that Marathi mm-hmm. made the deal for. Yeah, she brought chaos to Ulthuan. Right? She said she didn't, but she did. Yeah, she says she didn't, but she says a lot of things. Right. Uh, so at the center of all of this is Malarian, who would now? Okay, 
Malarian is bitter. His mom has been telling him he's supposed to be the Phoenix King. He thought he should have been the Phoenix King. Everybody said, you're young. You haven't done enough. These are elder statesmen. They should be it. So what does Malarian do? First of all, he is going to take over someday, and he is plotting to kill him. Right? Yeah. Um. He's basically going to kill him and, and accuse him of being the head of the cults. Yeah, Belshinar. Yeah. Um, so, you know, uh, you know, he goes in here and he does. He winds up killing Belshinar. Or at least we're pretty certain he did. Uh, uh, I think one of his assassins does. Or okay, something. it might have been one of the assassins. So they get in there, He, but he does have him killed. He gets in there and says... Uh, they're all trying to figure out how he's dead. What do we do? We need a new Phoenix King. I remember reading this in the book. Yeah. He marches in with his executioners into there, mm-hmm. and there's Phoenix Guard all around, and there's the, all the elder statesmen. He's like, uh, nope, it's me. Yeah, I'm the Phoenix King. I'm the son of Anarian. Get uh, out of the way. Uh, last time you told me I didn't have any experience. I have all the experience now, and he just basically... Flips them all off and says, I'm going through. And they are they know we need to vote. He says, forget your vote. They said, you need the magical wards. He says, forget your wards. They, he just does. He just walks into the flames like his yeah. old man did. Yeah, he's like, I'm freaking son of an Aaron. I'll be fine. You'll see. Um, <laughs> Asurian had other ideas. Yet the treasonous elf proved unworthy, and he was cast from the flames, horribly burned and scarred. Now that's mm-hmm. more like the original sort of stuff. And he did kill, or had had Belshinar killed. Who isn't that a relative of his? In some, some, aren't they related in some way, or are they not? Belshinar, I don't think so. Maybe not. Um, I know he's related to Teclas and Tyrion. Who's the Phoenix King who just jumped off the boat in full armor? Oh, I forget. I have that somewhere. I don't remember. So now there's the Elvish Civil War. Um, he goes yeah. f- north to Nagarith with his mother. Uh, he's burned so badly that the way she saves him is by basically doing magical incantations and, and putting runes all over the suit of armor and then yeah. bolting it to him, like screwing it into his bones, basically. Yeah, he can't ever take it off. Nope. Uh, Imric becomes the next Phoenix King. And he does a pretty good job, uh, except by the time they named him Phoenix King, he's like, he's still like right to giving his acceptance speech and Malarian's attacking. Mm-hmm. Uh, it gets, it that gets crazy. Uh, this just goes on and on and on. Yeah, it's the um, sundering now. Yeah. And basically, <laughs> Malarian, the win. The Malarian win. tries, like, the, the high elves are, are, are pushing them back. Malarian decides to destroy it all by destroying uh, the dra- Ulthuan. Not old, not Ulthuan. Oh, he wants oh. to destroy the vortex, doesn't he? No, he's trying. He try. He wants to um, unbind the cosmic vortex and unleash unleash the realm of chaos on Ulthuan. Oh yeah, yeah. So he tries to destroy right. what Kalidor Dragon Tamer did, yet he couldn't. But he managed to like, uh, uh, cut, like engulf Nagarith with a tidal wave. Well, it basically, he sort of overloaded it almost. It flared yeah. with a radiance and then went momentarily dark. In that moment, the energy that it was channeling went crazy, blew up, and put an earthquake right through Ulthuan and literally split it in half. Yeah, the sundering that's why it's called, is that's a literal why it's called, sundering. Yeah, the literal sundering exactly. 
the of big, the island and of the of the yep of the two types of elves. Yeah, right. Works works in so many levels. Right. Uh, big chunks of Ulthuan broke off and were falling into the sea uh, when uh, basically Malarian's wizards and his sorceresses threw a lot of magic at these giant. And and kept them floating. Yeah, <laughs> and so these uh, are the black arcs. The black arcs. They kept so instead of sinking, so they're the giant. Basically, they took a mountain, flipped it upside down, and it floats in the water. And this is where they go around and 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 stage all their. It's like a floating fortress. Yeah, uh, eventually, eventually they end up in uh, Nagarith. Nagarith. Yeah, but these things are still there, and it's crazy like what they did with them. Yeah. Um, now, <laughs> Malekith or Malarian is not stupid. Mm-hmm. Uh, he knows that one of the ways to win this battle, he can't win the battle straight up front, but he can. Uh, instead of going straight at them, he's now going to undermine the 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 stability the, of yeah them. The, the politics of Ultimate. Yeah. So he starts basically getting his elves to dress like high elves and ambush mm. dwarf yeah it's kind of lame kind of terrible yeah uh the and hero one who was friends with them an ambassador with them knows them well enough that so he basically sends his men out to ambush them dressed as regular high elves uh the dwarf king sends goes there goes to Ulthuan with his entourage gotrek starbreaker mm-hmm. Uh, Kalidor II, the son of Kalidor. Uh, Kalidor II is, is is a jagoff, by the way. <laughs> yes, and he is though. I mean, I'm not saying it because of what he did. He was mm-hmm. not a great. He was not a great Phoenix King. Right. Um, he basically got annoyed with them, had them all seized, and shaved all their beards just to show them what for these ugly, small, stupid dwarves. Sent them back home. Sent them back home. Beardless. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, that meant war. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, the Book of oh, Grudges yeah. was listed. In fact, uh, in fa- and they have something called the Book of Grudges. If you don't know this, and this is the this is the Book of Grudges. It is uh, the book passed down. Mm-hmm. This is the High King, leader of Karazakarak. Is this is the one he has, and basically every slight that needs to be redressed is written in here. And once you've made up for it, they cross it out. Yeah, just line it out, just Done. straight line through it. You know, you owe me twenty bucks. We we are we now have beef. Once you pay it, line through it. You know, or yeah, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Uh, uh, the dwarves kicked their butts. They, they did. Uh, in the end, yeah. In the end, not only that, uh, King Gotrek Starbreaker yeah. goes one on one against Kalidor yeah. two and takes his head. He kills him. There's a cool, but there's a cool white dwarf battle report about this. Yeah, you remember that one? Uh, yes, I do. I remember you showed it to yeah. me once. I, I think you still have it, don't you? I don't know. Oh, you I, know what? Warhammer Plus has all the old archives. If we yeah. can figure out what what white dwarf it was in, yeah, we, we should could find that. it. That'd be cool. I would totally do something about that on the air. That would be yeah. a cool one because I remember that. Yeah. Um, because you pointed out to me, you're like, I know you love Gotrek and the Dwarves. Check this out. I was like, oh. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I what's mean, great the, about the, this the, is... The whole war was fought in the old world. They kept... He took the Phoenix King's crown. Yeah, and they still have it. They still have it. They took it and they said, we're taking this as payment. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. This war is over. We killed him, but we kept the crown. Uh, that led to a lot of animosity for centuries. Oh, yeah. Um, what's really great is this is the best part. So he gets home. This is the War of the Beard, by the way. Guys. They called it the Imagine War of that. Vengeance, but the dwarves call it the, uh, they call it the War of the Beard. The dwarves call yeah. it the War of Vengeance. That's um, true. He gets home, tosses the phoenix crown in the treasure room, doesn't give mm-hmm. a crap about it, <laughs> goes over, opens a book of grudges, takes the pen. They just fought a war, slaughtered yeah. thousands of elves, lost many lives, and took the guy's head, walks over, takes his pen, draws one line through it, one grudge down, <laughs> <laughs> many to go. Like, yeah. that's so dwarfy. Yeah. yeah, next. What's next? Yep. Um, next we get to the rise of men. Mm. This, all of this happened before men were anything. Yeah. Okay. Now the first civilization is in Nehekara. Right. This is the tomb Kings. Uh, it's they what, weren't we'll, the tomb we'll Kings be, that left. Yeah, so that's yeah. what will become the tomb Kings. Yes. Um, basically this is Egypt. They are literally a desert people who have become a powerful civilization with a sophisticated religion, advanced government. Um, yeah. this is like, Way east and a little south of the old world. Yes. Kind of like where the Empire and Britonia are. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're looking at a map of our world, picture England and Europe, and then yeah. go southeast. Yeah. Oh, look. Uh, Egypt. Desert. Yeah. Oh, Nehekar is there, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yep. um, Kemri was their, uh, their main city. At the height of the power, it had expanded and conquered lands as far north as what would become the empire and as far south as the Southlands, uh, even the Darklands. They were taking over everything, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then this stuff with Tylos happened, which is just, this so, is, is interesting. This, I never, I don't remember this. Is this Tilea? I think this is, because they said later they mentioned Tilean, and I think this is the first, the cursed city of Tylos. I don't, I mean, I, I don't think... This is the first time we ever heard this tr- of the word of the town. Yeah, between Tylos. the Irana Mountains and the Talayan Sea. So this oh, might okay. be this yeah. becomes Talaya, maybe right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they were nomadic, primitive men, sort of living their lives, and then the dwarves found them, and the dwarves said, "Oh, lots of gold in them Nar Hills. Let's make friends with these people." Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, they helped them grow. They showed them how to build better yeah. things and by showing them how to build all this stuff uh the humans prospered and the dwarves so, prospered yeah the dwarves so, got to mine what they wanted the humans got civilization mm-hmm. so the part that gets me about this, this is like this is like preluding skaven right here yes right yes 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 um because that happens in a little bit now we've got all of this um, yeah, because it says here, their crowning jewel would be the Great Bell Tower, which would stand unrivaled as the highest structure ever erected and would extend far below the earth as it did above. So mm-hmm. it's the tallest building in the world, and it's actually twice that big because the dwarves were going to mine all around it, and they were going to dig it out to this biggest yeah. thing ever. Uh, you got a Tower of Babel sort of thing here, except they're putting a Great Bell, right? Yeah, I don't remember the, that, the name Tylos, though, as I thought... I, they they, might, I, the, the original scave I don't remember. I honestly don't remember. I don't know, but so I. But I thought that's what. But I don't. I'm not certain. Mm-hmm. All right. So, um, 
So now it's just sort of the rise and fall of Nehekara and mm-hmm. And this is this is interesting because Nehekara um what is really interesting about this is um oh, they were the dominant race in this whole area. Yeah. Uh but they all everybody wanted to be the ruler. Like there was a bunch of kingdoms, right? And then we had the, the you know the first among equals type of thing with that it with uh, Kemri, and they start fighting amongst each other, and they literally weaken themselves. Yeah. Okay. They um, start getting invaded by orcs and stuff. Then the wall came running through, mm-hmm. and they would have been destroyed except Setra. Yeah. Um. Setra shows up. Uh, amazing leader comes Ruthless to this warlord. Yeah, vain, egotistical, demanded adoration, but was no fool. Don't get any, get no delusions in your head. Setra's a bad guy, mm-hmm. and I don't mean a bad guy like you know in the game he's on the side of of evil of the death armies. I oh, mean no. he is not a he is a he is a bad person. Yeah, but he's what they need to link together. But he is—he is not like Sigmar, who wants to unite them and lead them to prosperity. Nope. He wants to unite them so they could all grovel at his feet. Yeah, he wants power. Yep. That's all he cares about. He wants to have it forever. And he wants to be—he wants to be—he wants to be immortal. Yes, and he was smart enough to listen to his priests, who told him, "Listen, unless you please the gods, you're never going to make it." So. Setra humbled himself before the ancient gods of Nehekara, begged them to restore Kemri, and the next day, the great Vite River, you know the the you know the the Nile, yeah, yeah, <laughs> flooded for the first time in decades. Hooray! Everybody sees this. Setra becomes the first priest king of Kemri, and he's an amazing warlord, and basically uh, unites everything. Yeah, right, and it's great, uh, but. Now he doesn't want to die. Now that he's the greatest ruler ever, he doesn't, you know, why should I have to die after doing all the work and uniting everything? Mm. This is where the mortuary cults pop up. Yeah. Uh, And it's basically just his wizards trying to figure out how to keep people from dying. Right. So they learn how to preserve corpses. They learn how to, you know, they reinvent mummification. They start using the winds of magic. Um so they can get people to live longer. Do you remember playing them? And not, oh, yeah. not when the eighth ed book came out. The, the original Tomb King. Heck yeah, 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 yeah. They now for those of you who don't know, the Tomb Kings. They had. They didn't cast magic. They had. <coughs> they had incantations. Me. Their turn didn't work like anybody else's turn. Right. <coughs> they had things they had to do. Yeah. And you had to do them in a very specific order, or yep. if you missed it, you just didn't get to do it. Right. But those incantations, when they did them, they just happened. Yeah, you couldn't stop it. It's not magic. You couldn't dispel it. They right. were auto-casting. Right. They had their own lore. Now, that, they don't have that anymore. No. Honest they to still God. Have, I, they, I, and they have my will be done. They still have that, I have cool. to find. I don't have one, but I'm going to start looking around. And by the way, listeners, if what? anyone has one and is willing what? to part with it, I will, I'd be willing to buy it. What? The old Tomb Kings book. I know oh, you I, have I, it. I have it. I would like to get one just because it was Barnett's favorite. I mean, he loved the Dark Elves, but boy, did he love the Tomb Kings. And he Mm -hmm. loved that their whole way to... I I just, I don't have that book, so I don't have the rules. I would love Uh, to get a copy of that. 
I so, have it on my shelf. Right I now. know you do because you, you don't get rid of any of this stuff. I can't keep this stuff after a couple of editions. It's got to go. <laughs> but that's one I wish I still had because they had yeah. a cool set of rules. Yeah. All right. So, Nagash. Okay. Again, um, now that's so all that Cetra is like, he dies. Yeah. He dies. Cetra, because, Cetra yeah. dies. He's mad about it. And they sort of mummified him, and eventually he'll come back. That's the plan. Yeah. Preserved against decay, the body was entombed with a mighty sarcophagus on the heart of a majestic yeah. pyramid. So the mortuary cult keeps growing, keeps working, keeps doing yeah. all of this stuff, right? Yep. Um, into this shows up Nagash. He's the first son time, of... First time we see him, Nagash. Son of King Ketep of Khemri. Filled with pride and greed, he coveted both the rank of high priest and the throne, which by the right of birth went to his brother. Now, I forget how this worked. Was it the firstborn was the high priest? Because that's the most important thing, the mortuary cults. And the younger brother was the No, I think it's the king, other way around. Or was the first? I think the I think the older brother is the king, and the second born is the okay. priest. I thought it was I, for some reason I remember it being the other way around because normally the firstborn son takes the reins. It's possible. I think this was flipped because the mortuary okay. cult was so important. Okay. And but Nagash didn't want to be in the mortuary cult. He yeah, wanted yeah. to be the ruler. Gotcha. And so that's why he was plotting. He kills his brother. Yeah, he does. Um, and tomb well, him alive. Buried him alive in the pyramid with his dad. It's not cool. Uh, and then Nagash takes the throne, and now he's like, I'm both. Yeah. Um, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. By the way, terrible leader. Hmm. Terrible leader. Setra was ruthless and awful and wanted worship, but his people thrived. Yeah. Nagash, Nagash, worse. Nagash, everybody suffered. He ignored everyone. People were disappearing, getting kidnapped, uh, being used in weird, you know, stuff. Yeah. Uh, and he's now he's trying to he's meddling in sorcery now and necromancy. And yes, that kind he of he started bringing the dead to life. The necromancy happens here. Yeah, he's invented it. Yeah, and uh, what's interesting is, and it doesn't say anything about it in here, and I don't know if it says anything about it in any of the other parts. Do you remember where he learned magic? Um, I remember reading this and it was fascinating. Oh, gosh. I can't remember they exactly. Kid, they kidnapped, captured three dark elf sorceresses. Okay. He basically had them kidnapped and captured and tortured them and forced them to teach him magic. Hmm. And that's how he learned it. And then he killed them. <laughs> of course he did. Of course, because he, he's Nagash. But, yeah, yeah uh, and I think it was, yeah, it was, huh. he, he had elf sorcerers that he had captured and imprisoned. And basically, this is one of those things where he was too clever by half yeah. and uh, they were kind of cocky. Who's going to be able to, uh, my magic will bust me out of anything. You can't keep me here. You can't do it. But he had realized what was going on and basically had built a trap for them and they could not get out and just tortured them until they taught him what he wanted to know. Mm-hmm. So he stole magic. <laughs> and after stealing magic, then he d- he became Nagash. But yeah. uh, and you know, in the land of Talea, the elders of Tylos. So Talea is the end, and Tylos is the city. Yeah, um, they're making the bell. Problem yeah. is, nobody can get the bell. Yeah, you can't build the bell in the tower. Mighty brass bell, and nobody can get the mighty brass bell to the tower. The dwarves can't engine. It just can't happen. 
everybody's sad, and in the middle of the night, <laughs> in the dark, on a moonless night, a cloudy night, mm. weird, smelly, stunted, hooded figures <laughs> come up promising that, yes, yes, they can get the bell up there. They would get the bell up there, and all they wanted in payment was they were going to inscribe some runes of prayers on the bell. Yeah, hooded stranger. And these morons said, okay. <laughs> hey. Um, they put the bell in there. Everybody's celebrating. And that night after they get up there and they're going to have this celebration, the bell started to ring on its own. Um. On the 13th ring, bong, 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 oh. bong, 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 <laughs> Uh, warp stone begins to rain oh. from the sky, yeah. corrupting the city, poisoning the earth for miles around, turning farmlands into swamps. The people of Tylos ran for the dwarf mines, but the dwarves were not opening the doors. Nope. Even if there were dwarves captured outside, they weren't opening the doors. Like they weren't stupid. Warp stones falling. Uh, and uh, Talia's gone. And isn't that where Skaven Blight's supposed to be? Y- yeah, for sure. Yeah. So that's, oh. I don't know why this story's in here. It really seems to break the flow. It sure does. Um, it I mean, really I, seems and, to and break for, the and flow. For an edition that's not, you know, that doesn't have Skaven in it, I don't know. Well, uh, yeah, but maybe that's one of the reasons why they didn't do any, they didn't explain any of it, just this happened. I mean, it, it says locked within their minds, the dwarves were overrun by an endless tide of loathsome vermin. Yep. Well, that, yeah, I guess that's them. <laughs> well, okay, but there's also vampires, and there's no vampire counts in this. I mean, they did say there's going to be legacy stuff. Didn't they announce that? Yes, they did, yeah. So, I mean, I, I read the All thing right. they posted. It said that's not the story they're telling, so right. yeah. whatever. Well, okay. Um, so now back to Nagash. <laughs> yes. Uh, Nagash is building a black pyramid. Mm-hmm. That may sound that's familiar. Just, yeah, that's like his thing. Well, I mean, the the... He built the upside down black pyramid, which caused the vortex in <laughs> the moral, which is basically just this again. Yeah. He, oh, you know what, dude? He's like the st- he's like the empire. Yeah. Listen, the Death Star was good. Let's just build another one, bigger mm-hmm. and better. That's what he did. <laughs> yeah. And the same thing happened. <laughs> yes, I didn't did. even think about this. Okay. Oh, jeez. Yeah, of course. He the, built the, exact, the black the exact, pyramid, and the, yes. once complete, the, okay. The the point of the Black Pyramid originally was send out a wave of death magic that will kill the planet and take it all under his necromantic control. Yes. Isn't that the plan yes. of the Vortex? Yes. Same plan. And then the same thing happens to it. That the, same, the same race messes it up. Boy, when things go wrong. Um, <laughs> what the? Okay. So, um, but the, yeah, yeah. So the priest kings were plotting to overthrow him because, <laughs> okay, picture this: he has basically enslaved the entire. Everybody is working yeah. to build his black pyramid. Yeah, people are disappearing off the streets. People are dying. The priest cult is not safe. Nobody is safe. This guy is a straight up monster. As yeah. a human being, he is a straight up monster. Yeah. So, so he is now resurrecting skeletons. For the first time, yes. Now and then they're like walking around. Everyone's like, "Uh oh, yes." (laughs) 
Oh, that's right, because the priest kings came to overthrow him, and as they showed up in mass, and they're like, we mm-hmm. have you. He's like, you think so? Mm-hmm. And then he nope. just raises all the skeletons around them. Yeah. Um, yes, they were frightened. They should yeah. be. That's, that's a, that is a vulgar display of power, Yeah. right? But they still get him in the end. But yeah, like, but that that cemented them against him. Yes, yeah. Seven kings marched on him mm-hmm. with animated constructs supplied <laughs> by the mortuary mortuary cult. Awesome. Uh, they defeat his armies of the undead. But where's Nagash? Mm. And his most trusted acolyte. His most trusted acolyte, you know, Arkan the Black. Arkan the Black. His most trusted acolytes were slain. Yeah, and his, that's 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 Arkan the Black. He's in this time. Is that him? I thought yeah, wasn't Arkan alive with no. Neferata? Oh wait, I, he comes back to life. He's this 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 the person they're talking about here. His most trusted acolyte is Arkan the Black. Well, it says his most trusted acolytes. Well, yeah, one slain. of them being. Oh, I didn't think it was because yeah, I no. thought he was alive later. Because he, I read. Yeah, he, he. I mean, he's quote unquote alive. Yeah, Arkan the Black. As much as he's a lich, right? No, I thought he was regular alive, and then Neferata mm-hmm. they made they made the oh that's right you know he was undead yeah he's and a lich. he helped her to make the potion and it went yes. wrong and turned her into a vampire. Right. My Correct. apologies, you have it right. All right, so where did Nagash go? Uh, mm. Nagash Cripple Peak. Yeah, and I always read that as Cripple Creek. I can't help it. <laughs> it just it's what it. It's, yeah, then he start that song starts going through your head. Going in and your it's head. all over and it's all over. Uh, yeah. So he gets to the banks of the Sour Sea, basically. Uh, he ran. He runs away. He runs away, and he gets to a place and finds a. There's a giant warp stone is crashing to this mountain, and there is warp stone power. He senses the power, realizes that there's power here, but doesn't know how to harness it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and he actually realizes that there's power here because he's drinking the water there, and it's called the Sour Sea, <laughs> because the water had turned brackish and bad. Yeah. Because of the warp stone. Yeah. So he's drinking it, and being Nagash, and being really attuned to necromancy and death magic and stuff, uh, he he feels the power that's in there. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. but I mean, there is power there. That's why the Skaven crush it in the snuff and and snort it. You know, it's, right. it's he's drinking. Just, yeah, just drinking it. He's drinking. Yeah. He's, he feels all this power running through him. So yeah. where does he go for years working on stuff? Um, he would go to, to where the dead were buried and raise those skeletons and do magics and do all this stuff. Eventually, these places start worshiping him and his power because if you don't, he'll kill you. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the, I love this. The wretched souls work tirelessly alongside the reanimated husks of their kin, mining warpstone for him. Yeah. Um, He's like the, the origin of the ghouls and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That is, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And then what's not, this next part? This is gets a little bit. This is where it starts kind of going all over the place. <laughs> this is a long story, by the way. It is. The rise of Nagash. It's like it's nuts. Yeah. Um, okay. So in Lamia, this is where you've got Archon the Black and other people who sort of had Nagash's stuff and wanted to practice magic. One of yeah. which was Neferata. Yeah. By the way, if you can read her old Black Library book. That one's fantastic too. She's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. Because she has no power. She has to hide everything she's doing. As a woman, she had no power. Mm-hmm. Uh, but her station allowed her to get away with stuff that was great. But basically, 
um, they're studying from the books of Nagash, and they're building all these elixirs to make them live longer. Uh, and then they make one. And here, I love how this one doesn't describe it as, like, it's not, they're not Turning dead. into a vampire? Yeah. Because here it doesn't sound like they're dead. Right. They created an elixir which blessed them with long lives, great strength and vitality, but cursed them with a terrible thirst for blood of the living and an aversion to the light of the sun. <laughs> yeah. Now, that doesn't sound, I mean, yes, those are vampire traits, but that doesn't sound like you're dead. Right. You know, there are people who, um, Harrison in the sun for 20 minutes will burst into flames. I mean, the kid's so pale. <laughs> yeah. You know? Uh, so it's uh, it's weird how they don't, because in the book, they start, and then yeah. they collapse, and it kills they them die. and brings them back. Right. Um. So basically, in Lamia, you get the first big cult of vampires. Yeah. Priest kings from Nehekara come. Yeah. Wipe uh, them out. Put them into hiding. They they run north, and what ha- they're just drawn because they are now undead. Nagash's power, mm-hmm. he can influence them. It just draws them. They're drawn to him, and they get yeah. there, and he's got an army ready for them. He mm-hmm. knew they'd be there eventually. It. W- this is what was great: is all this is happening, and everybody thinks they're doing stuff in secret. Dude, those are the books of Nagash. He knows yeah. where they are and what's going on with them. He knows what's happening. And as they show up, he's got an army ready. Okay? Yeah. Um, the problem is they thought that the war, the, the, the vampires felt that their war, that they were fighting, the Lamian War, yeah. they thought they had basically weakened. Yeah. Weakened, Al-Khadazar and the Nehekarans. And yeah, not, they had weakened so them enough that they could take. It wasn't. Not, it, not, not even close. Not even close. So they got pounded on they did they did which is great because yeah. it's, it's good to see nagash lose sometimes oh yeah um okay so now nagash gets petty <laughs> imagine that uh he knows what warp stone will do to people to normal people he also has all sorts of other things at his disposal um you beat my troops you beat me no 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 now yeah. you all have to die. Yeah. And there's the thing. This is a, you see, if, 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 if you slight Nagash, if he feels like you got the better of him in any way, you have to die. Yeah. And he, you have to be, and then you have to be punished after you're yeah. dead. Well, but he wasn't punishing people after they were dead now. Oh, yeah. Right. But now right. he is so insecure. He is so crazy for power. He cannot stomach and existence where someone who got one over on him exists and knows that they got one, got the better of him. Mm-hmm. These guys got the better of him. He's going to poison the Great River. Yeah. Within weeks, basically everybody's dead. Yeah. Nine-tenths of the population died. Yes. And Al-Qadazar can't do anything about it. So they capture him. Yeah, the, the basically they, they couldn't. Eventually, when that when that many people are dying, there's suddenly nobody to get rid of the bodies, mm-hmm. which means Nagash just shows up, and suddenly that ninety percent of the city that's dead, yeah, is awake. Yeah, they're, they're and not they his work troops. for the enemy. Yeah, yeah. So now bloated with power, it says he began the incantation of his greatest spell, the Great Awakening, 
a spell that would raise every corpse the world over and bind them to his will. He's going to wipe out the world. Well, no, this one would just raise every corpse. There would. I don't think this is going to kill everybody. This well, one it's not going to kill it, but but he's going to go. He's going to wipe out. Oh he's yeah, I raised mean, his army to wipe it, out the world. If every if every dead body and skeleton underground was raised right now, I mean, how long does yeah. it take a body to fully decompose? Like even the skeleton. Yeah, right. Think of everybody who's died in the last sixty years. Suddenly, right. that's a lot. You're outnumbered. Yeah. Um, the the ritual. This is an interesting bit. I like this part. Mm-hmm. He began the next phase of his plan. In a days long ritual, he consumed vast quantities of warp stone and the souls of whole tribes of his followers. <laughs> so he killed them and ate their souls. Yeah. Sacrificed upon his black altar. Bloated with power, he began the incantation of his greatest spell, the Great Awakening. Dude, he just, all those tribes that served him, killed him, ate him. Doesn't need him. Now, even even as he completed, this is great. Actually, this isn't the Black Pyramid. So here he was stopped by the scape. Well, no, but this is his great ritual. But he wasn't in the Black Pyramid at this point, or was he? He is. He's in the Black Pyramid performing his ritual. I'm sorry. Yes, yes, yes. And the Skaven sneak into the jail and hand Alcatazar the fell blade. (laughs) Yes, you're right. Okay, thank you. I I was thinking he was still at Cripple Peak. Mm -mm. Um, Okay, so he he marches on the city, goes into the Black Pyramid, is going to do the spell. Yes, but... Once again, and his pettiness is what gets him in trouble. Because he could have killed Alcatazar and it would have been oh, yeah. over. Yeah. But he wanted Alcatazar. You resisted me. You're going to suffer. Yeah. You're going to watch me. You're going to watch me stuff. do all this stuff and then you're going to die. Once you mm-hmm. see me conquer the world. Yeah. You see how stupid it was to fight me. Okay. Right. All right okay. So, the, so, so now who covets Warpstone more than anybody? The Skaven. The Skaven. So that they're like. Man, we really like Cripple Peak. This place is cool. It's like covered in warp stone. We want this, and that big crazy necromancer guy is stealing it all and using it all. We it, can't have that. If you read the the Nagash, the remember mm-hmm. when they put out those old yeah. world the old yeah. time end times books, they put them out the hurry. Yeah. Um something like I mean, he was there for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like decades, if not hundreds of years, he was mining. <laughs> uh constant battles with the Skaven. Yeah, they were they constantly warring there. Yeah, they would chew their way up through tunnels in the bottom, and he would send skeletons after them. And right. that was so. That was a big element of the story. They hate him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what do they do? He's got so he's got El Catazar there in a cage, watching yeah. the end yeah. of the world. Yeah. So some gutter runners sneak in. Now weren't the gutter runners? They were supposed to do the killing, but no. Nope. No, the whole the plan was always to give Al Catazar the fell blade. Now, wh- wh- why was that the? Pl- I'm trying to think why that know. was the plan. But because, guys, I remember reading because it. he's because he's an awesome warrior and he had the will and the drive to do it. And they oh no 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 are, and they are skaven. They're cowards. <laughs> no, here's the other part of it. It was always part of the plan because with that fell blade, he'll die too. Oh yeah, yeah the, for sure. Yeah, if you kill someone with the fell blade, you die. Like you'll kill them. Oh sure, but, but he's going to die. The fell blade is made out of warp stone. You can only wield it for so long, right? And they didn't want they they, they didn't want to die. They're no. going to give it to the man thing who hates yeah. him. Yeah, that's right. Oh, this is so good. Yeah, that's what Skaven uh, do. And he does, and he stabs him, and doesn't he turn to 
dust almost he does, basically. He, he does die right. Uh, Nagash does. Yes. But Al Kadazar doesn't die right away. He's just kind of languishes for He's a while. He's crazy. He goes insane. Yeah. Well, he dies like pretty quickly. And the Skaven, like actually, I think they. Oh, it's in here. Hold on a second. But, um, so Nagash. Now everyone thinks Nagash is totally dead here because he literally sort of burned away to ash. But yeah, like. One bit of him was left, one yeah. chunk of the ash, and as long as there's any part of him left, he will it reform. Was, it was imbued in his crown. Yes, that's right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so so Alcatazar leaves, takes with with crown with him. He should have just destroyed it, but he didn't. Hit with his sanity shredded by the horrors he witnessed, the once mighty king wandered lost through forest lands until yeah. dying of hunger and thirst, he yeah. fell into the icy waters of the Blighted River. That's when they find him mm-hmm. and he's got the crown. Yeah, somebody finds the corpse. It was a shaman I named don't, Kadon. Yeah, I don't remember this part. Uh, I remember something about this, but I thought a little chunk of Nagash survived too, not just in, in the crown. Oh, but he no, needed it's the, in crown. the crown. No, I think the, the piece of Nagash is in the crown. Maybe it is. I know his yeah. mind is in the crown, which is very much like the One Ring. Mm-hmm. Um, so he puts it on and suddenly he's giving prophecies yeah. uh, he had the unknown so then he had the unknown king entombed beneath a mound upon which a temple was built around which Caden's people built their dwellings he named mm-hmm. it Morkane so this was Nagash is in like I said his, his mind yeah. is in the yeah. he puts yep. it on and what does he have him do he buries Alcatazar yeah. Under the foundation of his new city that he's that his mind is having <laughs> them form. So yeah. it's like I'm gonna bury you here and nobody knows who you are, nobody's gonna remember you ever. <laughs> That's right. it, once again the petty <laughs> so yeah. petty. Yep. Um so, so this is Ashorin now visits. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah we okay, so Ashorin shows up, kills Kadon. The realm of the Strigos was born here. Yeah, that's this is the right. Strigois. This the is Strigoi, the Strigoi yeah. vampire line. Ushorin. Okay, yeah. and by the way, can I just say, um, I, I I like what they're doing here with this the stories we've got so far of Ushorin. Mm-hmm. I like what they did when we did when we covered the the um the flesh eater course. Flesh eater course. We talked about that. Yeah. Can I tell you what I like most about Ashorin? <laughs> sure. He's turned into this giant monster. Like, he's yeah. just this... I mean, it looks like something on Cartoon Network where he just gets out of control, right? Yep. And every time he talks in these things, you read him, he talks like he's in a Shakespeare play. <laughs> yeah. I just picture his voice as so smooth and soothing <laughs> and ca- so completely... Yeah. Well, I mean, because when you look at the book, the front cover has the the, the ghoul, but you look on the back, and that's the Ushorin that people see when he wants them to see him as the as the mighty, beautiful, wonderful king. Yeah. I just love, and, and he's showing up here in here. I just love that he's showing up because he's wonderful, and just the way he speaks, the things he does, mm-hmm. um, he's so much fun without yeah, so, being, you know, the other guys. Right. So it says the crown of Nagash is lost, but we know who finds it, and the many tomes of magical lore transcribed by Kadon were scattered far and wide carried by the fleeting uh, the feeling the destruction so mm-hmm. yeah remember, we know who finds it do you remember who finds the crown uh, doesn't Sigmar get it well eventually there's the war but before that does, um, the orc 
Um, oh, that's right. Shaman puts it on his head. And, and was, yeah, that's right. He was doing all that crazy stuff. Okay. Uh, you know what? Here, <laughs> we're going to take a break. The coming of Sigmar is And we're going to cover Sigmar and the growth of the Empire. And I think we're probably going to wrap it up there. And then what we will cover next is, and here's how I want to do this. I had an idea. Mm-hmm. If we're going to cover all the lore, right? They have yeah. a section for each of the armies. Yeah. Okay. Each of the armies in the book, which are in the forces, uh, uh, the ravening hordes and the forces of good. Mm-hmm. When we cover that army list, we'll 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 talk about their lore and then do their army list. That way, it, we could just mix this oh, last sure. part in with it. Yeah, because yeah. it's about four pages a piece, and we could just sit here and talk about. We've talked about them a lot. At least the people who are going through. Um, yeah. There are two pla- two pages. The last two pages of the lore mm-hmm. are lore of Cathay again. Yeah, they just throw this in at the end. We will cover that before we go because they don't have an army to talk about. Right. Um, but yeah, so let's take a break. Let's talk all about the Empire and Sigmar stuff, and then we'll talk about Cathay, and then we're going to wrap up, and um, we'll be back relatively soon. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to cover, uh, like I said, there's the. The Arcane Journals I want to cover, those are about 50 pages a piece, though. They're going to have to be their own show as well. But remember, it's Old World Month, so there's plenty of time, and we're going to give you plenty of coverage. We'll be back. (laughs) Are you finally looking to start your rebasing project? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some new and interesting resin terrain? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some fancy acrylic counters to keep track of wounds or maybe some other statistical anomalies? Six Squared Studios. Maybe you need a new rack for your paint? Six Squared Studios. Well, then look no further. What you need is Six Squared Studios. They ship worldwide with domestic shipping for both the U.S. and Canada. Six Squared Studios. That's right, Six Squared Studios. That's the number six, squaredstudios.ca. When your gaming needs go beyond your basic dice, tape measure, models, and paints, think Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. Now all your base are belong from them. And we're back. Yes, we are. Okay. Um, Yeah, we had to talk about this because I am a dumb, dumb head. And this next section is not the section of um, where the coming of Sigmar is. This is no longer so much the history. It's Well, I mean, it is. This one page is the history. But after this, this is basically uh, the six pages describing the empire mm-hmm. and that's what i did after this the land of chivalry and that describes the bretonians and right. their area then right. 
The Enchanted Wood. That's the Wood Elves. The yep. what's the next one? The Lords of Ulthuan. Lords of Ulthuan. So yeah. I thought the coming of Sigmar. I didn't see that as the Empire thing. A green uh, menace. The, you know. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, this is. It's just longer than the others too. It is. Well, there's a lot more story. There's a lot they, more I mean, story to the Empire. I mean, this, I mean, this this was the main focus of the game the, of the game for decades with yeah. the Empire. Yeah, it, man is besieged on all sides. We do yeah. have some friends, but we're still besieged on all sides. Very, yeah. you know, very much like, yeah. yeah. So we're not going to read this today. This is going to be uh, later, and I'll. Uh, here's what we're going to do. Um, we're going to end the show in a little bit, and Chris and I are going to record in the next week or so, and so we should be dropping another episode very soon. Um, we'll, we, I said we would definitely be dropping more than two episodes this month. All right. Yeah. Um. What we're going to cover next is Ravening Hordes and Forces of uh, Fantasy. When we get to that, their army, uh, their you know their units and that, that part of it, we'll do the lore first mm-hmm. and then do their section. So we'll do the Coming of Sigmar and then go into their army book and then we'll do... So th- that way we'll get through everything eventually. Once we've finished all that, we'll do the Arcane Journals for the... Bretts and the Tomb Kings. Yeah. <sighs> There's so much coming, folks. If you like listening to this stuff, uh, this 2024 is starting off pretty solid. <laughs> <laughs> um, but before we sign off, Chris, we got to go over Ruled by Dragons. Yeah. They gave us two solid pages on Cathay. Yeah. I, I'm not certain why. Like, it, they, they're not... They're not an army in here. They never were an army in here. Why do we keep talking about them unless... Yeah, they... What what if... And uh, this was not on my 2024 bingo card or on my wish list, but Warhammer of the Old World does a Cathay army? Oh, heck yeah. Wouldn't that be kind of cool? It's in the game, isn't it? Isn't it in the the, uh, Total War Warhammer game? I do not know because I do not play Total War Warhammer. Pretty sure they're in there. Oh, that would be... Oh. Yeah. Interesting. I wonder if they're in here because of that. I would And maybe they're never going to actually build an army, but it's there for people who play Total War. Indeed. I don't know. Either way, we're going to talk about Cathay. Um, Cathay is an island... A land of wonders with islands that hang in the sky, airships that glide across azure heavens, and living statues that stand sentinel over the borders and forest gates. This is just amazing. Yeah. I think I, even I the picture here, the, the floating yeah. islands that look like from freaking Avatar. Yeah. Did you ever play in Panda Land in World of Warcraft? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pandaria. It's like that. Yeah, yeah. A couple of places are like, and they use them now in the Age of Sigmar. They float mm-hmm. them out the the yeah. when they're going out to Dawnbringer Crusades. Yeah. Uh, the Cathayan Empire is surrounded by enemies and beset by rebellion and strife. So they're doing well, but they can't really. They're they're just managing to keep going. Apparently, mm-hmm. um. Thousands of miles of forests, mountains, plains, and deserts. It's just such a great description of the place. Uh, to the south, the powerful kingdoms of Ind and the fearsome snakemen of Koresh threaten its borders, <laughs> while to the east, elven pirates, Nipponese 
Invaders and ancient enemies from beneath the Jade Sea assail its ports. Ogres, hobgoblins, and whores in the Warpstone Desert. Well, no wonder they can't do anything. Yeah. Um, you want to talk about the Dragon Emperor? So the Dragon Emperor is... Uh, that's the dragon. Yeah, that's the before the Celestial Dragon. They have ruled the East. Okay. Uh, humans populated his land and came to him for, you know, protection and... We talked about it earlier. You know, he sort of listened to the chaos gods and decided to help the humans defeat them. So him and his uh, his mate, the moon empress, another dragon, and they had nine other dragons with them. They defended the land, basically. Cool. I like, uh, they teach people the yang and the yin because we need to switch those around. <laughs> to balance all things, uh, the celestial dragon represents Yang, the power of light, heaven, and fire. The moon empress, the yin, is shadow, spirit, and night. Together mm-hmm. they are two halves of a whole, just as Grand Cathay. This is just really interesting. Um, the balance of Cathay has been threatened recently and faces dangers. For over two centuries, the dragon emperor and the moon empress have been absent Mm. leaving the running of the empire to their children. It is a time of darkness and disharmony. This is, I just, this is real. Yeah, so the, ru- the rulers of this empire are dragons. Yeah, Actual. literal dragons have ruled yeah. this place, worshipped not as gods, basically, mm-hmm. and as their leader. Um, basically, they've been gone now for, it says, 200 years. Um, people who are born, I mean, these generations never having seen or known the dragons. And some of these lesser lords have decided, um, I'm going to take power. I'm going to take over where I can. Yeah. And it's dragging the, it's it's messing up Cathay. Um, it, then it goes into this... Uh, they oversee the celestial court. They're doing this. Oh, here they. Um, the different dragons. His dragon children seem to. Yeah, have, they have all different different focuses of what they're interested in. The Jade Dragon struggles to hold his father's empire together and oversee the celestial court and the Astromancer cabals. In the east, Yinyin, the Sea Dragon, it looks out across the Dread Dread Sea. In the south, Li Dao, the Fire Dragon, guards the board. So they all have stuff. Yeah. going on. That's re- this is just really kind of cool. Yeah, and they're all like different colors and different kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, uh, they build the, a great wall. The, yeah, uh, the, the great, the great bastion. bastion that protects Cathay from the open steppes and the chaos waste beyond. In a feat of almost unimaginable engineering, the Great Bastion climbs hundreds of feet above the landscape. Its walls and towers bristling with cannons, archers, and legions. So they basically, yeah, built a giant, not just a wall, but also a lot of stuff on it, mm-hmm. um, the Great Bastion. It has only been breached a few times in its long history, often the result of magic or cat- cataclysmic seismic events. Um, yeah, so... They built the Great Wall to keep yep. out the chaos and the evil. Yep. Yep. And there's actual dragons that are, are their... Right, wait, I couldn't, I couldn't hear you there. You? Their actual dragons are their leaders. You yes. Know? <sighs> okay. I imagine they're going to do something with this. Let's, now, let's, let's pretend I owned a business and I wanted to print money legally. Yeah. I would make an army mm-hmm. full of really cool, fancy armored people 
with yeah. dragon motif armors, mm-hmm. and then have literal dragons. Nine dragons. Yeah. Nine different dragons. You could have three different kits that have three different dragons each or something like that. Sure. I could sell each of these dragons and have the armies with the books with all the colors. Um, and then have it kind of like and be like an Eastern theme to the army. Yeah. Because, um, you know, there's only I can't imagine there's anybody, you know, in a market that would be interested in that. I mean, you. <laughs> okay. You know what? Um, if, if that army were to come out. Yeah. I would drop one of the other games for this. Yeah. I would drop 30K or 40K. I don't mm-hmm. play it enough anyway. I would play the hell out of an army led by an actual dragon model, which, and I don't know if they have little baby dragons with them because there are a limited number. They're not, it's not like they're pets. They're not keeping them as little baby dragons. Yeah. These are gods, basically, yeah. you know? They, yeah. you know, so. I imagine the army would look amazing too. I mean, they've never had anything for this army, look so they can the do whatever they here. want. Yeah. They have the flying boats, but they look like the little Asian sailboats. See a big giant back there? That th- that giant suit of armor, you mean, which is glowing with fire from the inside? The giant yeah. Colossus? Yeah. Yes, I see it. <laughs> I, I haven't stopped looking at it. This is I've yeah. been on these two pages more than any other part of the book. Yeah, so they're going to have guys on horses. They're going to have some big guys on troops you know foot troops led mm-hmm. by these guys in these cool like half masks yeah um i'd like to do an episode talking about the in fact i think before we covered the the rules for the 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 we need to go over the rules for the game so i think next next when we record next whether it's this weekend or on monday mm-hmm. i think the rules are in order yeah um how many pages are the rules oh, so God. many pages it's a lot, dude. Okay, we're going to go over them in a general way because we have to. Um, <laughs> well, here's the thing. Um, there's 20, yeah, the there's yeah. 20 pages of movement rules, yeah. and this is an audio podcast with a, in a book that is showing you 6 to 10 sample images, uh, diagrams of movement. We can't talk about that on the air. Like right. I mean, we could talk about movement in general, but we, they, we can't get into the weeds with that. Yeah. And are we going to sit here and talk about the stats on every sort of weapon that they have and the war machines listed in here? No, we're going to just no. talk about so. But yeah. it is still if you go gonna through, be, you know, we're going to break it down by like you know, here's what you do. Yeah. Here's the phases. Here's what you do in those phases. So how is it? Maybe you know, we'll you know, keep it com- to another two to three hour show. But yeah, it know, is. Compa- well, compare and oh, contrast oh my God. probably to a game we're familiar with. You know, like um, Age of Sigma or something. Page ninety one to page two twenty nine. It is a hundred and thirty eight pages of rules. Yeah. That's a lot. But yeah, I mean, yeah. it's. Okay, guys, if you're on the fence about this, I'm going to tell you, tune in next week or whenever we get this next episode out because uh, we're going to cover the rules. Uh, it, it's 138 pages of worth it. <laughs> yeah. And I don't say that lightly because I, I'm getting old, and I like a 20-page rule set. I like, yeah. uh, you know, something like that. Um you want to know? Yeah. I mean, there's a reason that one-page rules is kind of a popular rule set for people who like to play but don't want to go through all this stuff. Um, 
this this I'm so happy for Games Workshop. <laughs> like, guys, you did it. I didn't think they could do it. I didn't. I was out, dude. I was out. I never thought they would do this, bring back the old world. I never thought it would happen. Any other, I'm telling you, right, every other game that is like this, that is just models like, you know, in movement tray stuff, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. every other game has just been made obsolete. Yeah, I'm sorry, is, and I play some of those games. I like some of those games. I'm not naming mm-hmm. those games because I'm not going to be the guy who calls out this, that, and the other. Yeah, um, it's. I mean, it, th- this is leaps my and my, my take on the new rules of this is it's all the best stuff from the previous editions, and it seems like it's the, it would have been the natural evolution for this game if they hadn't, you know, if they had decided to move on from eighth, it would have been this. I, well, I hope it would have been this. The, yeah. I think these rules, I mean, there's a reason it took so long to get this out because, that, like I said, they took a lot of stuff from a bunch of their other games and they've learned a lot in rules yeah. writing. Yeah. And this is just, it's it's almost perfect. Mm. It really is. It's, I, I just sit and I go through the rules and I know some of this is nostalgia yeah. because I haven't really played it, so I'm only going on Theory Hammer. Yeah. But... I mean, to pull off a rank and flank game with this complex of a rule set and to get it like this is it's amazing, actually. The magic's great. Mm-hmm. We don't have the different schools. We have five different types. And yeah. this is like Lord of the Rings. They go off in certain phases. Right. Like you don't cast now for later. Like you don't right. cast in the like right. we cast everything in the hero right. phase. Right. And if just, you're gonna if you're gonna shoot a fireball, you're doing the shooting phase. Yes. If you're, if gonna, you're gonna do something that makes people hit better in combat, you cast in the combat phase. Yes. So your magic's actually cast in different phases. Um mm-hmm. it, that in and of itself is such an interesting way to do it. It it basically and for me it helps me remember what I'm doing. Yeah. Um they did. I, I like. There's certain things they cleaned up, like with war machines, using the yeah. templates and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the templates. I've always have. Um, but now, and I was I was just reading this in here. You have to put the template when you pick a unit to go after. Yeah. Yeah. You used to be able to put the template wherever you wanted. And right. if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, there's a three inch round and a five inch round template. And, and when a flame I'm fi- template, yeah. yeah, and a flame shaped template, and. So when I'm using my uh, stone thrower, mm-hmm. I take the template and I lay it where I want the stone to go. Um, you used to be able to point it wherever you wanted. So you could put the center of it right over a character's head if a character's in a unit, right? Yeah. And then you roll two dice. One is uh, zero okay. through ten. Yeah, it's uh, the misfire uh, die evens. and artillery die. Yeah. yeah. And the artillery die. The scatter die. The scatter die. You'd roll it and there was a bullseye on it and the other ones had arrows. Mm-hmm. And when you rolled that, uh, if you rolled the bullseye, it was the bullseye. If you rolled the arrow, then you had to use the other die, which was zero, two, four, six, eight, ten, and it moved that much, right? That many inches in the direction the arrow was pointing. So if you rolled the the bullseye, you could put it right over a character's head, yeah. and the center always did more damage. Right, double like, usually. Yeah, so you could kill characters that way. Now you have to put it in the dead center of the unit. Right. And just go for the most guys. You cannot character snipe. And I don't have a problem with saying you cannot character snipe with a stone thrower. Yeah, I don't either. You can't character snipe with a trebuchet. Right. You know, you can't character snipe with a 
Well, man, I don't know if you could with a cannon. Well, you could put it. You could. You got the pick which row it went down. Yeah, I don't know how it, it works a, now. It I, have, a straight, I don't now, it, now yeah. it's if it goes over three dudes in the unit, you hit three dudes in the unit. Oh, okay. So it just yeah. hits dudes in the unit. It's not okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. We do have to wrap this up, but yeah. good golly, um, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Look, we've got to keep them shorter. We don't have a choice. But I, I just, I don't want to stop talking about this. Like, I just want to <laughs> keep covering this. Um, I hope you guys are enjoying this. If you are, please join the Discord. Um, it's on our Facebook page. Um, it's on, uh, I, I don't know where else it is. I have to, I, I know it's other places. I just can't think of you it right link now. link it in the it. show notes, didn't you? Yeah, oh yeah, that's right. It's in all, it's always in, it's in all the show notes. I've got them in the show notes now, the Discord link. Join mm-hmm. there. There's a little, there's a, you know, one of the threads is episode discussion. And come in, dude, let us know what you thought of the episode. You know, I mean, uh, and I haven't been getting, like people be like, hey, it was good, but, or hey, you just said this thing. But it's episode discussion. Come talk about it. I mean, nobody even told us about the Christmas episode. Like, nobody gave us their top three or bottom three. Like, I was expecting that. And I'm not complaining. I'm new to Discord myself, and I'm just excited that people are signing up. You know, we've got about got about 200 members now, which it's cool f- for me is huge since, you know, I didn't have anything before. So, mm-hmm. uh, but please... You know, join up. Let us know what you thought of the episode, or tell us on the Facebook page. Tell us what you thought. Uh, w- do you want to see more coverage of this? Uh, is there anything in particular that you'd like us to talk about? Because January is the old world month. Yeah, and uh, we got a lot going on, and um, so I sh- we got to wrap this up. I- okay. are-, are you ready? Oh God. Okay, so first, before we go, I do want to thank uh, the sponsors, Chaos Orc Superstore, Six Squared Studios, and Grognards. Thank you very much for sponsoring the show, for, you know, donating to the to the birthday prize thing. Uh, you guys are awesome. Thank you to the Patreon patrons, the people who give this show money <laughs> and think it's worth it. Thank you so much. Our, that includes, once again, our associate producers, Jake C., James Brown, Old Man Yeti, our executive producer, Scotty Mill, Jorn Stradone, and Sir Killstake. And again, our newest patrons, Andy Young and Connor Jensen. Thank you all for being part of the 1% who make this show and everything we do on it possible. Chris, uh, yeah. I'll be talking to you in a couple of days because we've right, got a lot more to cover. All right? Yo. Folks, until next time. Oh, should it? Oh, wow. Should we come up with a different thing? Only the faithful is a, is a, is a mortal realms thing. That's okay. Mm. All right. Only the faithful will be triumphant. Only the faithful will stand when all others fall. And only the faithful will know no despair except in failure. Or Sigmar!